1: Okay, guys, I am sitting here with not necessarily today's guest, but today's guest for our intro, the amazing Shaman Durek. Say hello.
0: Hello, everyone.
1: We just did a healing. We're sitting at the home where he stays in Los Angeles when he's here. And we were saying we should have taken before and after pictures because I feel so different and so cleansed from the experience that we just had. That was amazing.
0: (laughs) Thank you. It's a pleasure to serve you.
1: So we wanted to do this intro together for a couple reasons. First, because uh, since I'm with him, I want him to do everything with me because I want you guys to experience as much magic from him as possible. And also because we have an event coming up together on March 13th. So when this episode comes out, you'll have about a week to sign up still If there are spots, which there definitely should be, so head to the link that will be in the show notes to sign up for our event. And what are we going to do at our event?
0: We are going to learn uh, shamanic techniques and um, really get into understanding shamanism from the root up so it's going to be really good for people who really want to like step into that space of owning their power and really understanding what their power is and what it represents and i think it's going to be a a must do because right now who wants to be on the planet right now who can't even like communicate and, and be in their power with all of the amazing senses that they have that go beyond the physical world it's really important
1: It is really important, and I can speak to the power that you give to people and share with people when they work with you because it's next level. You guys, everybody listening, if you're close to LA or if you're here, we really want you to come because this is just going to be such a magical night. We're also going to do some yoga, and we're going to do some live podcasting, so the people who come, you guys can ask questions, we'll do a Q&A, and it's going to be a blast. So I also am so excited that he's here because we're introing today's guest, Jenna Zoe, who's a human design energy type reader, and I'm a reflector. We talk all about that in the episode Two hours worth it flew by it was like those weird <laughs> ma- magic situations where we were not really here on this planet while we were talking and time just disappeared. yeah and then I looked down I was like oh my god we talked for two hours um and what's your design type shamander
0: I am a projector
1: and How has that enhanced your life to know that?
0: It changed my life because I didn't know it before. I didn't even know about human design. I mean, and when I found out about being a projector and they told me what it was, it's really funny because it actually goes in sync with exactly who I am. Actually, when they did it, it showed up that I was a projector and that my life is meant to be guiding people back into their power and helping them understand their power and also. Like um, just really um, honoring like the way that I live my life already, which has made so much great sense. But it also changed the way that I dealt with things in my life because as a projector, I'm supposed to wait for invitations. And all the time I was a go-getter going out there and just like taking adventures and so forth. And now I wait for invitations and I take them and those are the ones that are the best for me.
1: Yeah. It's pretty unbelievable when you find out about your design type and then start to see if you're not already living that way, you should be. And if you already are, it's just because you're so in tune. And it's such a nice thing to know that it's a step in the right direction to already be living that way. So learning that i reflector has already changed my life. I'm so excited to keep on honoring the rest that we talked about in this episode and taking care of myself and healing and countless other things, eating alone. I think a lot of the highly sensitive people who listen to this podcast will relate to a lot of what came up in my chart. So pretty awesome. Um, everybody listening, come to our event. Shaman Durek is amazing.
0: Oh, thank you. So are you.
1: We love you guys and enjoy. We love you. Love you. Mwah. Go find him on Instagram, Shaman Durek. He's amazing. <laughs> Thank and you. enjoy this episode. So, before we sit back, relax, and listen to this two-plus-hour episode. With the total rock star unicorn, Jenna Zoe, I wanted to take a second to thank our sponsor who makes this all possible for this week's episode, Terra Origin. So Terra Origin is this incredible brand that I have been pretty religious about for the last couple of months. They are inspired by the ancient practice of Ayurveda, which you know is huge in my life. And they have a line of nutraceutical supplements and powders. And they believe in a rounded approach to nurture our mind, body, and our spirit. So that is pretty amazing. You guys know I'm all about the mind, body, spirit, life. They only use the highest quality ingredients and their very talented and qualified team of in-house scientists and technicians analyze each and every raw material before they're formulated into any sort of supplement or powder. So they're held to really high standards and they develop, test, produce, and package all under one roof. So you can feel really good about incorporating them into your life. They have these fantastic beauty supplements that are brand new that are formulated to provide our body with key nutrients and nutraceuticals to help support beauty from within, including collagen to support skin elasticity, high potency B vitamins. And if you know much about nutrition, then you know it's pretty hard to get B vitamins in our diet, especially if we're closer to the plant-based side of the spectrum. So I love that this supplement it has B vitamins, which helps with energy metabolism. And it also has biotin, which helps to maintain lustrous hair and healthy nails. So this one is best taken first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. And what I have been taking is their acai skin boost which is so good. It is specifically formulated with two different key nutrients, which is a clinically studied bioactive collagen peptide and vitamin C. So it gives you a radiant complexion for those of us who struggle with acne and hormonal breakouts, inflammation, eczema and hives all over my body, (laughs) you know that I need a little bit of a healthy skin boost from time to time to help increase collagen, which reduces wrinkles, improves skin, reduces cellulite, all that good stuff, especially though it gives you a glow from within. So, they have an offer for you that is 25% off of your first order from Terra Origin, and the code is Balanced Blonde 25. That is all capitals, Balanced Blonde 25. We'll put that in the show notes. And to access their site, you just go to terraorigin.com. That is T E R R A. O R I G I N dot com. Use that code Balance Blonde for 25% off. Balance Blonde 25, that is. And it's in the show notes, so check it out. And without further ado, let's head into this episode with Jenna Zoe. Okay, guys, I am so excited about today's guest, Jenna Zoe. We're sitting here in my apartment. I just got the full lowdown on my energy type, Mm -hmm. my human design (laughs) reading. So thank you for coming over.
2: Oh my gosh, it's so much
1: fun. I'm so excited to be here. I know. So I was just telling Jenna before we started how I found her, which is that someone... London, actually, shout out to London, who's so awesome, said to me a couple months ago, have you heard of human design chart reading? And I said, yes, I think so, but not really. Like this is another thing I need to stalk and look into and become obsessed with (laughs) because that's what I do. So I listened to you on another podcast Mm -hmm. and reached out to you and here mm-hmm. we are.
2: Yeah. And it was incredible actually because the day you emailed me, the day I got the email from you when it was it like back in January, yeah. I just had my phone off for 11 days. Oh yeah. And I switched it back on and it was so funny cuz earlier that morning I was like, you know, universe, like I'm not sure what I want this year because it was like early January I think and I was like, I'm not sure if I even want to ask for things or make a list of what I want to manifest like nothing like that. It was just like if I'm supposed to be like spreading the word of human design, then just like, okay, like I'll follow that. And then I got an email from you saying, will you be on the podcast? I was like, okay, done. Great. Okay. Thanks universe. Like (laughs) such quick guidance. (laughs) I know.
1: Isn't that amazing how when you release what it is, you think you might want to call into your life. That's when it comes to you so naturally and it just flows. And I think it has to probably also do with the fact that you're fulfilling your soul's purpose, Mm what you're here to do. Soul on fire, as we would say on this podcast. Yeah. And that's 100% what you're doing. So tell us... The journey yes. that led you to this point. And
2: then, of course, we'll talk all about human design. But sure. first, tell us about you. Yeah. So it's really funny that it's coming up in this way because when I was 24, so seven years ago, I had just been working in fashion and I started my own business, like a, a food products business that back home in the UK that made like sugar gluten, dairy free, egg free, whatever, sweet treats. And it was so part of my belief system that I believed that the only way to be successful in life or to make money was to do like an actual physical business. And um, it just, I was doing everything myself. I was doing my own deliveries. I was producing it myself in the beginning. I was doing my own invoicing, like literally just being such a like, take pride in doing all the work myself and pushing and forcing and hustling and all this stuff. And so I was almost like the prime candidate for human design because that was so not where I was in flow. Four years ago, a shaman came to my house, to my mom's house actually, and did all these sound energy frequency healing things on her and tuning forks and all this type of stuff. And I was intrigued. And um, he, one of the things he did, for me was my human design. And I looked at the chart and I was like, how have I not seen this before? Cause I'm so into astrology and so into all the different things, you know? And I was like, why haven't I come across this one before? Like how I need to learn everything I can about human design. And, um, I just kind of started reading more about it. Um, you know, trying to do like my sister's chart or my friend's charts and just for fun. And, um, basically one day I was doing it so often that I realized I could channel. So when I look at a chart now, it just speaks to me. You know, it just tells me what it is that people are here to do. So
1: cool. Yeah. My eyes just lit up when you said <laughs> channel. Yeah. But it's so obvious that that's what you do. You pick up on so much more beyond the chart.
2: Yes. And that wasn't something that I was ever hoping to do or be or anything like that. So, you know, people always say to me like, how did you like decide to become a design, like a human design reader? And I was like, actually, I failed so many cues and tests of when the universe is trying to show me. And it gives me so much faith to know that even if you resist and even if you fail all the like signs and don't listen and don't listen and don't listen, eventually the universe is literally going to smack you on the head and say like, this is where we're going. Like, get off your course, you know? It's such a good feeling.
1: It's so comforting to know that that happens Mm -hmm. because I think the fear for so many of us is what if I never find out what I'm supposed to do? Mm -hmm. And... My whole thing is it's always going to evolve. Mm. Like what I was doing five years ago when I started my blog Mm. is what I was supposed to be doing. And then what I'm doing now is rather different mm. and it's what I'm supposed to be doing now. Yes. But I know that what I'm going to be doing soon is going mm. to be totally different yes. too. And yes. That
2: excites me. And also, don't you think that we don't want to get to the end point where we know everything because then life becomes way less exciting. So totally. it's fun to like not know, yeah. you know? As they
1: say, like the Abraham Hicks style of manifestation mm. is, it's the wanting something, the desiring mm that enables us to be able to manifest. If we run out of things that we want to manifest into our life, we won't be
2: in the flow and that won't be very exciting at all. I think it's literally just because of, and I've witnessed this so much in my work of like, the only reason why people feel that that's uncomfortable is because they feel like if they're not there yet, then there must be something wrong with them where they are now. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of one of the major things that you want to change is like teaching people that there's innate worthiness. Like I always tell people, it's like, you, it's kind of above your spiritual pay grade to be deciding your worth. Like you don't have the clearance to be making those like judgments. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if we're here, we're a spark of the light. We're a, we're a piece of the universe, and therefore, like we're innately worthy. So
1: true. Well, that's beautiful. It's a beautiful way to look at
2: it. It's true. So you were working in fashion before you found this work? I was working in fashion. When I left school, I didn't go to college. I worked in fashion for six years. And then I worked for this amazing woman called Tamara Mellon who started Jimmy Choo. Whoa, that's awesome. She's an incredible lady. She actually lives in... She lives here now. She has an amazing story. Um, You should meet her, actually. I would love to. She's fab. And she was just the most amazing female boss because she never raised her voice once, never got aggressive, you know, never lost her cool, was in like a boardroom full of like 15 other private equity guys, just like totally would go in and like a jumpsuit and heels and just never ever lose who she was. Um, And so I worked for her for six years and then I looked at her one day and I thought, you know, if I stay here, they're never going to make me her. So I need to, what I really want is to be someone like that who has our own thing figured out. So I was like, okay, I'll like start a food business because I went vegan around the same time. And I was like, okay, I need to make vegan sweets and get that out there because it doesn't exist in London. We're kind of a little bit behind you guys here. So. Yeah, but that was still, what did you say, like seven years ago? Yeah. So that was still early regardless. Yeah. So I thought, okay, this is going to be my plan. I'm going to have a food empire. And Jordan, I went through, like I couldn't have done it more textbook the whole thing. And there was never flow like never flow, literally. And it only recently I got to the point where I was, the universe didn't give me a choice. Like I have been so booked up doing only readings that I've been like, I have to close that business down. Like that was the point that I got to of just being like, I literally, it is being removed from me whether I like it or not. Yeah. And that was recently? Super recently. No way. Yeah. What was the business called? It's called Upcakes.
1: I'm sure it was delicious. It was,
2: It's. it pains me on the one hand because the product is so good, but I'm also like, I cannot hold on to this because of ego because I think it needs to exist in the world. And I held on for so long just thinking, okay, well, I'll just like manage it on the side and I have my operations person doing everything anyway, so I'm not involved. And then at the end of the day, I just thought, but you know what? It's me who's sowing the seed level of the energy here. And if I'm kind of not, you know, being helped by the upper forces to make this thing big, there's a reason. And so when I finally relinquished that, I just had such relief. Like on my, sh- my, literally my shoulders just dropped so deep. And just to feel free to do this, I was like, literally, I have so much faith that if you pay attention and you ask the right questions, there's always going to be some kind of like being navigated in the right direction. It's, it's magical. It really does like just thrill me to it know that. It is
1: magical. That's so beautiful yeah. that you let go of it and let it fly off into the universe mm-hmm. and, you can focus now on this, which is so much in the flow for you. Yeah. I know since you've been here in LA, you've been doing so many readings mm-hmm. and you had to give yourself a break this week before yes. you go back, which <laughs> I admire greatly. Yeah. I try to take breaks and I mean, I know how important they are. I shouldn't say I try to, I, I do take a ton of breaks. Um, we have to, to stay in touch with ourselves so we can he- keep hearing those messages that 100%. you're referring to.
2: Yeah. And it's like, I feel like there's a natural expansion and contraction built into us. So sometimes what happens is we try to overly identify with the part of us that's motivated or overly identify with the part of us that's unmotivated. And actually, it's kind of like you have both for a reason. And we need to celebrate both instead of being like, I'm the lazy one. I'm lazy or I'm super on it. It's like we're all both and it's fine. And that's like good because kind of like you have to pull the arrow back before you launch it forward. So if you really make the most of those like unmotivated or lazy times or quiet times or whatever you want to call them, those are the times when unless you're kind of like watching Netflix and totally switching off and trying to escape, if you're literally just sitting waiting for an answer and being like, I'm open for business, like show me what to do, like make me wiser, then it really does come through.
1: Yeah, it does. That's my favorite thing about learning to get quiet. I used to be so terrified of meditating because I just thought I was going to get so bored or maybe I was so (laughs) afraid I was going to be confronted with something terrifying. And it's been so beautiful to be able to sit and meditate and just know the information that flows through is what I'm supposed to be hearing. And it's not scary. And I guess that's my message for everyone listening is
2: it's not scary to get quiet. It's The best thing that we can do for ourselves. It's the best thing. It is. What does your meditation practice look like? Are you someone who has like a more structured meditation practice Mm. or is it just... I'm not structured with anything, first of all. (laughs) And maybe,
1: maybe you'll see that in my chart when we go deeper. In ways I wish I was. And I've actually been told... I'm trying to, I've been trying to remember for days who told me this. I don't know if it was an astrologer or if it was just someone who came on my podcast recently, like Ruby. Maybe it was Ruby because we were talking about astrology. Someone told me recently, even though I resist structure because of everything that is to do with me and my chart, the airiness, all of that, I could actually really benefit from a healthy dose of structure because it would actually enable me to be more creative and more expansive and more open instead of every day being so wildly different where I feel like I'm holding on to that because I need that creative independence, but it's actually holding me back from focusing in and creating in the way that I want to. So that resonates with me a lot because I can be really frustrated with... The way that I structure my time, which I believe is so flexible, but really is not because I'm like backing myself into a corner every day with so many plans. But meditation for me, I... Every morning, usually with Jonathan, we sit for seven minutes or more, but seven minutes is so doable. And I just do my best to clear my mind, focus on my third eye. And sometimes I'll repeat a mantra kind of like TM, but I do my own. I do my own. You figure you make up your own mantras as well. And when yes, when (laughs) my mind wanders, which it does a hundred times in those seven minutes, I just bring it right back. And it's my reminder that no matter what happens today, no matter what takes my mind and my energy and throws me for a loop, mm-hmm. I can always come back to my center. I never have to react. Yeah. I never have to get affected. And it's the best, the best it way really to start is the day. The best.
2: What? I wish I could do the same. I'm like, I always like to think that I can, and I then. Know. I guess you just have to get, keep trying and get to a point where it's just so in your routine and you say, I, I'm, without even thinking about it, I'm going to do it for this number of days mm-hmm. and then it's part of my life and then I can't live without it. I don't know.
1: That's how we <laughs> did it. I, I, I was never a routine meditator mm-hmm. until I did this like a 40-day transformation celestial journey. Um, wow. And meditating for seven minutes every morning was part of it. And Jonathan...
2: The more structured part of me um, said,
1: like, we're doing this. And then we just never stopped.
2: That's amazing. Yeah.
1: What about you? What's your meditation look like?
2: I So I don't really sort of like start the day with a meditation or have a specific meditation practice. But I do often, at least a couple times in the day, um, you know, instead of like if I'm in an Uber, instead of going on my Instagram or whatever, I'll be like, I mean, I call it God. whatever you want to call it um, and I'll just go hi I'm around like this is me being open if there's something you want to tell me I really want to hear it you know so I just kind of like pick up my direct line and go like hey what's up I'm here you know Um, and that kind of does me but again I don't know how much more I could benefit from doing something else you know what I mean I think right now that's kind of working for me but
1: well we all have the things that are working for us at different times in our life and you doing that is so much better than not doing it at all or filling your mind with other things while you're sitting in the back of an uber
2: do you do yoga or kundalini or anything like that no I did yoga I started yoga when I was 12 And I did it three times a week for basically my whole teenage years. Really? Yeah. How did that that become? So my mom is Indian and um, she doesn't exercise at all. (laughs) And she was like, I want you kids to be active and learn how to do things and whatever. So we were actually living in Colorado at the time. And she was like, you guys should just go to the yoga studio. Um, So we went to yoga all the time and then we moved back to London and did the same thing and we just kept it up my sister and I was like what we did after school we just did yoga um, so i kind of have a yoga ish background but i don't i don't do it anymore because the um, i kept on fracturing my wrists from um, all the poses and the whatever. So I, I stopped and switched over to a different type of um, different types of workouts. But um, what do you do now? I do. Tra- you know, Tracy Anderson? Yeah, I love her. She's right up the street. Yeah, I literally am obsessed. I think it's such a good workout. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people there that go like the two hours a day with the dance cardio with the blah, blah, blah. I don't do any of that. I just do the mat mm-hmm. um, a few times a week. And I find it just so effective because it doesn't you know, build, overbuild muscle or anything like that. And I just kind of take it for whatever it is and just choose. I'm like very DIY with it. You know what yeah, I mean? I'll like totally. pick and choose the bits that I want. Usually I'm like, I just want to do butt. <laughs> yes. But I'll go to the full hour anyway. I really like it. Because I don't like being shouted at in a class. I don't like being told what to do or how many reps, I prefer to just switch off my mind and follow and then that's yeah, where my mind nice can wander. Yeah, to
1: just follow. I've yeah. only done that workout a couple times, but I couldn't believe that they don't talk. Yeah. Which I guess would be really nice for shutting yeah. off your mind.
2: You get used to it. And then I, when I'm back home, I literally just stream it from my computer and then I don't have to go to the gym and mm. take in other people's energy. And
1: Very smart. <laughs> I keep this sage sitting next to me always yeah. because taking in other people's energy is a huge part of what I struggle with. Um, let's talk more about human design yes. and tell
2: everyone listening what it is. Yes. Okay. So it was. it's really new to the world. It was only basically revealed to us 31 years ago. And it was a guy who um, went into a... Speaking of meditation, went into a meditation and he had a voice speak to him. And basically this voice revealed everything about human design to this guy and he the meditation ended up lasting eight days so it was a lot of information that was downloaded yeah totally stunned that's right? so cool I know and you're like I'm like I can't even do your seven minutes
1: <laughs> <I know. laughs> we all start somewhere
2: back of an uber seven minutes eight days. <laughs> eight days so he was in an eight-day meditation he downloaded all the information about human design and it Basically combines a lot of different themes. So you have astrology in there, you have the Chinese I Ching in there, you have the Kabbalah um, system, the Tree of Life that they speak about, and you have conventional astrology. So it kind of melds everything together, but it's completely its own system. The way I like to think about it is when I look at a chart, it's kind of like the contract that your soul makes with the universe about who you come to be before you come here. So it's all about what karma you come to correct, what your higher self looks like what you want to achieve and what you want to experience. So it's almost like when you do a chart for somebody, it reminds them what it was like. It's kind of like going back onto the path of what your mission was, which sometimes you've forgotten completely because you've lived in the world. You've been exposed to so many different voices and authorities that you've forgotten what it is that you really want. And most of the time when I do somebody's chart and I read their energy you know, it really is just about saying to them, like, what's energetically correct for you is what we need you to do, not what is right, what is wrong, what's good, what's going to make you successful according to the rest of the world or whatever, because it might be correct for me to be consistent, but it would be incorrect for you to be consistent, right? So there's literally no way of telling. So it's like your very specific guidebook on how to live your life and how to exchange energy with the world around you. And it's based on, your aura. So how do your thoughts that you put inside your aura, or how do your actions that you put inside your aura or your exchanges with your aura, is the aura in line with the soul? Are they sending that one same message out to the world? Because when we're on message, that's when things start to really flow and open and all that stuff where, you know, everyone who's listening to this can probably think of a time when their soul wants something and their body consciousness wants something else. It's basically like sending mixed messages to the universe. So the universe wants to send you what the soul wants, but it's like, but you're confusing me because you're telling me you want two different things. And then what results is a lack of flow? That makes a ton of sense. I was just told and everybody
1: listening, well, a handful of people listening may have seen this on Instagram live that I did with Shaman Durek, who's been on this podcast and oh, he's amazing. He's the first person to be able to give me a very, what I feel, correct diagnosis for these rashes that I have and all the other health problems that I'm experiencing. But to sum it up, my spirit and myself are not in alignment with what my spirit is telling me. And so my spirit knows Jordan, rest. Jordan, go on vacation. Your heart and your soul are screaming for silence. And my rational self is like, well, I do a lot of self-care. I take a lot of time for myself. Okay, I'll book a vacation because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. But I'm going to work with the hotel and I'm going to get the free vacation and I'm going to post the whole time and I'm going to be very on. And... I don't do that on purpose. These things kind of just happen like, oh, but I love this. I love the people at this hotel. I want to work with them and then do all this stuff and provide discounts for my listeners. And it becomes work and it gets in the way of my relationship. It gets in the way of obviously connecting to myself. And I knew that this was problematic, but I didn't know it was problematic to the point where my whole body is shutting down. He said things like my intestines are leaking into my bloodstream, my blood vessels are constricted, and that's where the rashes are coming from. And my hormones have been off balance for two years And he said two years and he was surprised that it had been that long, but I feel like it's been even longer. So to sum all that up, what you just said about aligning the messages with our aura so that we can show the universe, this is what we want. Mm -hmm. This
2: is what I'm putting out there.
1: actually makes sense instead of I'm like, I need rest. I need to work. I need rest. (laughs) I need to work. And I have this crazy... Set of expectations for myself from, and I'm sure like everyone can relate to this, um, from my family, from my parents, even though we have an amazing relationship and I love them, there's a lot of pressure to do things a very specific way. So I really get pulled in that direction when that's not always best for what my very
2: delicate body
1: is like screaming for. Yes,
2: absolutely. And that's one of the, I mean, the main thing that we want to always cover with human design is what's the real you versus what is the conditioning that you've been exposed to that pulls you out of the real you, which comes from parents, which comes from schooling, which comes from general society. You know, and the second that you remove that conditioning, that's when you just kind of naturally can be who you are. But that's obviously easier said than done because most of us are walking around with the conditioning so embedded in us that we think it's us. You don't remember that at four years old, maybe that's when your mother started saying something to you or whatever, or you don't even question that that's a belief system that maybe you don't want to buy into anymore about the world and the way that you see the world. Mm -hmm. So the main thing that we always want to be able to do is to say, this is the real me, this is my conditioning. And then, whenever you next notice your conditioning come in, you don't so quickly identify with it as being yours. You go, oh, hold on. That's my old conditioning. Do I want to believe that? Do I want to follow it down that rabbit hole? Or maybe I don't. And that's how you can decondition. It's like you just be present in every moment, aware of what thoughts are your conditioning. And maybe just choose to kind of like not believe them for as long as you did yesterday, you know? So it's like a gentle undoing rather than like, there's this 21-day plan where you just like you know, remove all your conditioning and then it's gone. It's like you, it's a constant, like life is going to create the perfect scenarios for you each time that you can kind of see that you don't want to be what we call the not-self in human design.
1: Right, the not-self. I saw that. So it's so interesting because looking it up online, it seems... Correct me if I'm wrong, pretty impossible to interpret without an interpreter like you. (laughs) Because I tried and I'm like, what is a Mm not-self and all the other things. Is that true
2: that you really need someone who knows? So, I mean, there are tons of resources online and you can easily kind of like, let's say you do a chart on one of the websites that generates a free chart that has the software. Um, You know, you can take any one thing and then go ahead and Google that. But if anyone hasn't seen a chart before, it basically kind of looks like an electrical wiring system inside your body. And so let's say, for example, you have a certain wire switched on. That will mean something in like isolation. But when you combine it with everything else you have going on inside your chart, it can mean something a little bit different. So it's a really difficult thing to teach people because you can't take it at face value all the time. People will say, I'm a Two-four generator with emotional authorities, that means this and this and this. And I'm like, well, no, because maybe if you have this extenuating circumstance or you have this other thing going on inside you, maybe it means something different for you. So don't judge other people that are the same as you. And it's so complex. So I would say you do need a reader. But obviously for the general stuff, there are places where you can kind of like, you know, tell people that all generators, this is what they share in common or whatever that is. So, and, you know, obviously because the guy who downloaded it, who discovered it isn't alive anymore, like I was saying to you earlier, there's, we're still very much in the infancy of it. And so it's depends on who you go to and the way that they see it, because it kind of has to still be kept current and innovative rather than kind of like resting on the laurels that when it was discovered in 1987 and taking things so literally, it's evolved now so much to being so much more kind of um, nuanced and intuitive and, you know, much more that kind of like watery type of energy rather than like this textbook thing means this or whatever. Totally. So who's innovating now with human design now that the founder has died? (laughs) I'll tell you something crazy is I don't know myself one other person that does it. Are you
1: serious? Mm-hmm. Not one other person, not one other person,
2: yeah, so the shaman, aside from the shaman who read mine, I don't know a single other person. I know there are tons of ghouls online, not tons, but there's a place online where you can get certified to be a to be a reader. Is that what you did? No. I didn't I don't have a certification um because mine is just intuitive like I have no idea how when I look at something it tells me stuff like I I love
1: that <laughs> and that's like a whole different conversation but yeah I love That you've embraced what you were given and what is inherently accessible to you. Because I feel like, with everything with shamanism and human design and astrology and herbalism and all these things that I'm interested in, a certificate basically doesn't mean anything. I mean, yes, it's awesome if you want to go learn more and dedicate yourself to doing that. And then you have something to show for your work. But I mean the best like shamans and herbalists, et cetera, that I know It's a gift. Yeah. I mean, you have access, or you don't, and everybody has access to something. Yes. So it's
2: more about being in the flow. A hundred percent. And I had so much fear in the beginning of like, what if people Like, what if people see that I don't? You know, maybe I can't do this for a living because I don't have the certification or whatever it is. And then I thought about, oh, maybe I should do it because what harm can it give? But it's kind of like if someone is is born with an amazing ability to sing. Sometimes if you get taught the way to sing, it takes you away from what it is that makes you quirky and weird and unusual or whatever. So I'm still in a place where I'm like, I don't think that I need that. Um, But I have to be okay with not having that kind of like, I had to get over that sort of like imposter syndrome thing where we feel like, you know, what if no one takes me seriously? I don't have a piece of paper to prove, you know, for whatever it is that I can do.
1: Totally. I know. On that note i I did um a five hundred hour yoga training, wow, and I have never said this on the podcast before, but hearing what you're saying is inspiring me to just tell you this. I did the five hundred hours. It was pretty much very, 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 very hard for someone like me who is not interested in structure, who felt like I had the access to teach yoga all along. Because like you, I've been doing yoga since I was 12. Oh, wow. That's so funny. Yeah. It's been a huge part of my life and my love for yoga and what I like to teach. I was already doing in my own way. And I mean, it's important. Yoga is different. It's physical. So I think there are important things to learn in teacher trainings to keep people safe and to learn from the many, many, many centuries of teachers which I also could have done on my own but you know at the very last second the very last couple days of my teacher training I went to Bora Bora like I missed my graduation from teacher training because I was on vacation and I was supposed to make something up when I got back and it's been two years and I never did and I had my yoga works mentor who i love very much tell me at least like 20 times over the last 2 years like you should do you should fit you should send me the stuff bring me this binder basically so that you can have your certificate because it's like going to college without getting your diploma and something within me and maybe you can tell me more with my chart will not I'm like it's like this rebel part of me that's like I don't want the certificate because I don't want I don't even want what it is that it represents even though I'm very proud of what I did because it was like a true test of my everything (laughs) because I didn't want I didn't want to be there every day um but I did it and I'm so glad because I it gave me the confidence to really go out as a teacher, which has become a huge part of my life. I don't have the certificate and I don't want it. And I do have those moments like you're talking about of like, teaching at a huge festival or a retreat where I'm just waiting for someone to say like, hey, where's your certificate? But nobody is ever going to say that because they don't, they don't ask those kinds of questions. And if they do,
2: I probably am not meant to be there in the first place. Yes. And they're not your, like, if people don't get you, then they're not Supposed to get, you know what I mean? It's just like it's for so. Sure. There's so much um, self-selection at process there, you know, where if people don't like the fact that someone doesn't have a certificate, then that's fine, you know. Yeah, totally. Then it's fine. Like maybe get a reader that you feel more comfortable with for or something sure. Like that, so a reader who might not have the intuitive gift. Yeah, that you have. <laughs> yeah. And if you're someone who feels safe in the in the more literal thing, then that's I'm definitely not the right one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Wish you luck on, you know. Wherever else you go, it's yeah, no, no hard feelings at all. So, what's your energy type? So, I'm a projector. So, when you talk about um, energy types in human design, that's basically like saying are you a Pisces or an Aries. That's kind of like the overview of your of your chart, right? And there are five in the world. Your energy type basically tells you how you're supposed to exchange energy with the world around you. So that's the only thing that you would have in common with other people from your same energy type is the way you're supposed to literally operate in terms of saying yes to opportunities or the way that you move through the world on a macro level. So I'm a projector. And projectors are basically um, the people that are guides. So projectors are kind of like, I always say they're like the birds up on the branches that can kind of see down Uh and can kind of tell you know, the um, lions and tigers and the hyenas and the hippopotamuses, where to go in the forest or in the safari or wherever they are, right? What's the perfect way to navigate? So projectors are basically people who can't necessarily do themselves, but what they're here to do is improve the way that the rest of the world generates, produces. So it's like efficiency gains. And how do you do this a little bit better? And how do we tweak you so that you're really getting to a place where you're you know, expending your energy in a better way. So that's what projectors are. Projectors are basically like tweakers, but they can't get their own hands dirty. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into this, but projectors and reflectors, um, together, they make up 18% of the population. And they're what we call non-energy types. Non-energy types are basically people who don't have access to their own consistent energy because they don't have an engine. So projectors and reflectors like you are Basically, are people who only really get energized when they're out in the world and they're kind of like, almost like feeling the course of everyone else run through their bodies. Everyone else's engine will fire them up for short periods of time, but then they burn out or they have to go rest because taking all that go 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 energy inside their systems is too much, right? So you Way need to too do much. right. So you need to do one, two, three hours. Of being around people, feeling fueled by people, picking up on their energy, getting stuff done, and then retreat and and do your own thing. Oh, thank you for saying that. (laughs) That is seriously the
1: biggest breath of fresh air ever. Because I know some people can go, go, go and be around people all day, every day with no break ever. And what
2: you said about like two or three hours, Mm. that's good for me. That's it. That's the way you're supposed to use your energy out in the world. And I also, whenever I say this, I'm really mindful of the fact that all the other types, generators, manifestors, manifesting generators, I want to be super clear that it doesn't mean that those people shouldn't rest or shouldn't take time off or shouldn't self-care because often people get what I call like projector firmer where like, they're like, I want to be like sensitive and empathic. I'm like, everybody's sensitive and empathic. But it's just that, When those people are doing stuff that they love, it gives them more energy and they fuel even more. When they're doing stuff that they don't love, that's what drains them, gives them a burnout, will totally whatever them. Whereas you, as a non-energy type, could be doing something you absolutely adore, but still can only do it for two hours. Mm -hmm. Those people could do a full day of it and be super lit up and be super happy and be super energized and come home after... 10 hours of doing whatever it is they love to do event planning or something. Right. So it's not that no one needs rest. Like I just want to be super clear on that because often people go, but what about me? Like I'm not supposed to be the workhorse and slog and no one's supposed to be a workhorse and slog and not be happy with the way that they do life. You yeah,
1: know? that's so important to know. Yeah. That's so true. Mm. That's why with my teacher training, eight hours every day of wow. like learning yoga, teaching, learning, teaching yoga is kind of like my demise where maybe eight hours like you're saying for someone else if they love it because I do love that information would be wonderful but me I'm like after two hours passes or less I'm Mm. done Mm -hmm. I have to be gone yes I I have to be in (laughs) charge of my own energy and time yes
2: absolutely it's crazy Mm. so let's do a little reading yes okay So, um, so anyway, the first thing that, so when I look at a chart, I just kind of start saying whatever jumps out at me. But obviously, um, if you have any questions along the way, just feel free to kind of jump in. So yeah, so the first thing that I see about you is that you're a reflector. And reflectors are basically only 1% of the population. So um, they're very, very rare. And What's special about a reflector's chart is that um, everybody has nine energy centers inside their chart, which is kind of like having chakras. And reflectors are the only people that have none of those energy centers lit up. So they're really, really on the end of the scale, the extreme scale of being non-energy beings because there's nothing that generates through them. Reflectors, the reason why they're here is that in human design, we have three different energies. We have the individual, the tribal, and the collective. Right. So the tribal is like your wider community, and then the collective is like the world as a whole. Reflectors are really here in service to the tribal energy. And what does that mean? It means that if we were living as a tribe, the reflector would be the person in the middle of the tribe that would be reflecting to everybody else where they're at. So it's kind of like the wise person that everybody else consults. And the reflector is wise not because it knows everything. The reflector is wise because it's so clear of its own definition of who it is that everybody can see themselves clearly in a reflector. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so the reflector... Um, you know, the biggest conditioning for reflectors, the heaviest thing that they often have to undo in this world is feeling the need to know who they are or define themselves or label themselves as something because reflectors are actually in their strength when they're like, I'm everything, I'm nothing, I'm this one minute, I'm the this, the other minute. And the more free I am to kind of just float around and be misty, that's the most in service that you can be to everyone else because everyone is free to kind of like have you reflecting them back to them. So, all the thing that pains most reflectors is that we're told in the world, like, you have to know who you are, you have to be this, and you have to, like, figure out your identity, and this and that, and actually reflectors for them, for the 1% of the population that is a reflector, they're really in their power when they're saying, I'm everything, and I'm nothing, and I'm totally cool with that, and I'm going to resist this need to, like, know who I am, because I think that's going to make me successful, or help people know where they stand with me, or any of this other stuff that we get conditioned to believe.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. I'm everything
2: and I'm nothing. It's true. Yeah. Um, and so uh, sorry, reflectors have the capacity to be actually the wisest out of all of us. Um, and like I was saying, it's not a wisdom where you know so many things. It's a wisdom where you're so detached in such a childlike way. that Think about all the wisest people that ever walked the planet. They realize that the more they knew, the less they knew. So it's less about them sharing their opinions or sharing what it is that they um, know to be true or the way they see the world. And much more of like, what am I in this moment for this person? And what am I in this moment in this person? So the thing that actually makes reflectors the happiest is when they're living in in this kind of like energy of always wanting to be surprised, always wanting to have some kind of like be tickled and delighted by what's going on. But obviously, they miss that if they try to be this consistent person. So the most amazing thing is to be like, oh, I had this exchange with this person. And I felt like I was this. They're the ultimate chameleons, basically, and not in a fake way. But that's really because that's what they're supposed to be. And because everybody understands that the reflector is so detached from having to have their own identity, that's why they're supposed to be the center of the community because everybody can come to them and kind of do like a how what do you call this that I'm doing like oh a, it's the I don't know what it is you Licking know your finger and putting it in the air yeah it's like you take a little um you take a reading on where we're at as a tribe and also where I'm at as a person what would I do is I would go to a reflector and see like what is it that I see in you type of thing so I've only ever met one reflector I've read for about five. And I've only ever met one reflector that was what we call living according to his design, and it was an amazing experience for me because this was someone who was so tuned in into being who the reflector really was and um he was actually it was such a funny story it was like maybe three and a half years ago when I was down on, do you know, there's a place called Mystic Journey bookstore. Of course. I'm
1: obsessed you with are? Mystic Journey. I'm obsessed with My too. intuition takes me there like once a week. Wow. And I do this thing where I actually like listen and I just go. And it's, and I don't ask questions, but every single time I go and there's a reason why. Like a book that I needed wow. to get or a crystal. Or a reason that I'm on Abbott Kinney and then I see someone.
2: It's crazy. Wow. That's amazing. I'm obsessed with it too. I love it. So I was here actually. And I just, my boyfriend at the time and I, we just had like a huge, it was basically like I was all alone here just with him. And I was like, do I break up with him now? Because I'm so unhappy here and I don't want to be with him. But we're on holiday together and we're on the same flight back together. And we're sitting next to each other on the flight, the whole thing. And I just felt so trapped and so alone. I walked, it was a cancer full moon. And the ex-boy, my ex-boyfriend was a cancer. And his birthday was on the full moon. It was so many things. And I walked into that Je- uh, Mystic Journey bookstore and I bought a human design book. And the guy behind the counter said to me, oh, what are you? And I said, I'm a projector. And he said, I'm a reflector. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. I've like, not even by that point, had met many people that even knew what human design was, let alone met a reflector. And um, he said, okay, come outside. I want to tell you something. And he said, this man that you're with is not right for you and you need to let him go. And I know you think it's a full moon and blah, blah, blah. He just told me everything I needed to know. And it was literally just because he was so clear of his own me, who am I, da, 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 that he could just literally go into my aura. It's almost like they can be you. That's what they are. What? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was incredible. I don't think he works there anymore, but I was um, gonna say, who was it? I've been back so many times hoping to yeah. moment into him and he's never there. Um, but that's really the true that's really the true value of a reflector is people to teach us that, you know, like how the ancient tribes functioned, like they knew that being up in the mind is not the right way to be wise.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Being really present and being detached from who we think we have to be is the real is the real thing.
1: So true.
2: I want to know how he lives his life to get to that. To get. He to told that. me this amazing story that he lived on the East Coast and his whole house burned down. And when it happened, he just realized that. He was supposed to get rid of all his stuff and he had to move. And then he came here and he was basically homeless for like two years because he just was like trying to live according to his design. And he realized that he needed tons of rest. So he worked a mystic journey like I think only a few times a week. And then all this other magical stuff started unfolding for him. And he understood this kind of like conditioning that the harder you work is how you have to get stuff. He was like, it's totally fake because look where I am now. Agreed. And Agreed. I
1: agree with him. Oh, I'm so happy that my design reflects my new, reflects (laughs) (laughs) my new outlook on all of this because I mean, it's been years in the making that I'm believing in rest and the power of doing less. But more recently, this whole thing with Shaman Durek and Mm -hmm. learning like what's causing this crazy health. Issue issues in me and I'm in my Saturn return and everything is coming hugely full circle. And I just feel like part of my life's path is to rest and tell people how okay that is to do, to do less. I mean, I want to write a book called like, How Little Can You Do? Like doing that. less, like <laughs> something like that. Maybe a little yeah. catch here, but like... <laughs>
2: I, I feel so strongly. Yeah, it's so important. And especially for you, because out of all the types, and again, this is not to say that no one else needs rest, Um, but out of all the types, basically what what happens when you have nine out of the nine centers completely white, completely open, it basically means that you have no motor of your own. So there's nothing that's powering you up from within. Now, there's nothing good and bad in human design. There's no like better thing, worse thing, whatever. It's just so much more that whatever you are is what's energetically correct for you. So we need to help you embrace that. There are people that have nine out of the nine centers all full up. And that's amazing too. And we want to encourage that, right? So it's all about there's no good and bad. The whole thing is that we're trying to remove judgment from us as a whole anyway and try to stop being such homogenized people, trying to hold each other to be the same as everyone else and trying to you know, feel more secure because someone is more similar to us or feel insecure because someone's different from us. That's the whole thing that, you know, we want to dehomogenize the world basically. Yeah. So it's, this is just about what's energetically correct for you. So because your soul basically chose to not have any motor centers inside you or any awareness centers, nothing lit up inside you, you have an aura that is so misty. So if like I was saying, projectors are the birds and the other animals are the lions, the tigers, we can go into that. That's just kind of my analogy. But basically reflectors are like the hummingbirds or the, sorry, the um, the dragonflies. It's like you kind of catch them, but you can never really see them because they're not anything of their own. It's like mm-hmm. just the light that you see that kind of circulates. And basically, they are the only beings that are lunar beings. So everybody else is affected by the sun because the sun shines through those centers in your chart that are lit up. That's what makes them lit up is where the sun and all the other planets are hitting your energy centers the day you're born. And so for you, you are an entirely lunar being and that's only reflectors that are lunar beings. What does what does being a lunar being mean? It means that instead of having this kind of like strong kind of shine that comes out of you, you have more of a soft glow. And that's because you don't have a set identity of your own. You're free to be all the spectrum of human, what it is to be a human, basically. And so really what they say for reflectors is that because they are so undefined, they need to always understand that there's nothing inside of you that's making your big decisions. What makes your decisions for you is this process of kind of like testing the world around you, through the whole lunar cycle. So counting 28 days to make all major decisions in your life, because the way that life actually unfolds through a lunar cycle is what's going to help you make the decision. So with you, for example, there are most other people will be making decisions based on we teach them like through their gut, or through their spleen, which is intuition or the solar plexus, which is your emotion or your heart center, which is also your ego or your G center, which is that center for what you love and direction with with reflectors they are the only people that basically have to sample and wait for life to show them. So it's almost like your experience is your authority and your decision maker, rather than your inside saying like, my gut's telling me this super strongly or my emotions are telling me this super strongly.
1: That's nuts. I've had my mom, who's pretty intuitive, has told me my whole life that I, like in her observation, I have to experience something before I can make a choice. Yes. And actually, I think she got that that from a therapist that I saw in middle school. Wow. But it's so true, (laughs) which is why like everything I've ever, I can't make a decision unless I literally do it. Like I switched high schools one time when I was in high school, only to realize that the high school that I switched to, I didn't want to go to. And so I went back to my other school after two days Wow! and the therapist, because my parents are like, what is wrong with our daughter? (laughs) The therapist said she is always going to be this type of decision maker Mm -hmm. where she has to immerse herself in the experience Mm -hmm. and then she'll know with crystal clarity, Mm -hmm. I would never want to go to this school. Mm -hmm. I want to go
2: back to my other school. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: But I wouldn't have, I would have obsessed about it for 24 Mm
2: -hmm. hours a day Mm -hmm. about wanting to leave until I learned like I don't want to leave. I want to be here. That's amazing. And so that's so different from the way that most other people are supposed to make their decisions. So for example, for you, if you'd Heard in the common kind of spiritual language, like, what does your gut tell you? Just go with your gut, and blah, blah, blah. it's like, well, how do I know? Like, it's not my gut that's telling me this. Like, I have to literally test it out and I have to wait a whole lunar cycle to see how I feel about things. Like, that makes so
1: much sense. I do try to go with my gut because, of course, that's what people say to do. Yeah. And, like, it seems like a great idea, <laughs> especially for an in tune person. Yeah. Um, But I go with my gut and I am constantly having to backpedal. Like this, I I think I sort of told this story on the podcast once, but I had I I got this intuitive message in a Kundalini class that I was supposed to write a movie this year. Well, this was last year, but that year and I saw the whole thing. I saw like the writing partner that I would do it with. And then a couple of days later, I got the opportunity to write a movie with this the same person who I had seen in my head. So of course, my gut is like, yes, 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 yes. So I said yes, and then quickly things unfolded in the way where I realized. I, As a reflector, I need to rest. I have so much on my plate. I have a whole brand that I'm very focused on. My podcast that I do multiple times a week, as I was just telling you. I have other things. like I want to write a book. I'm working on a book. I can't write a movie, let alone a movie that's not even mine, because that's how it was. My gut was wrong. So how nuts. If I had
2: given it a lunar cycle, Mm -hmm. I would have
1: known for sure. Yeah.
2: And, And that's the thing is that it's not that you don't have messages at all that come from through your gut or your emotions or through your intuition. It's just that you don't have consistent access to those things. And there's a reason why, because those are not supposed to be the things that call the shots inside you. So when we're listening to ourselves and listening to the way that our authority is supposed to flow, you know, there are certain things that it's good to do, and there's certain things that it isn't good for you to do. So, of course, if you're like pushing yourself with a your gut the whole time, what does my gut tell me? What does my gut tell me? Sometimes it speaks to you super loudly. If that just so happens to agree with what the lunar cycle will reveal to you, then great. But it just shouldn't be the one that's we're listening. It's not like the MVP of the team. Do you know what I mean? Like, we have all these different forces inside of us that are trying to help us move forward and grow and expand. But it's about knowing which one is which and which one is in its right place and not giving one too much um, airtime, let's say, which obviously most of us are giving our minds way too much airtime because nobody has, in human design, the mind that's supposed to be making the major decisions.
1: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So what about like what you said when you were driving here, how you got the... You you got the feeling that mm-hmm. something with my yes. forty one
2: or whatever it is. Yeah. So us. I don't know why I just got a hit that um I was going to see in your chart that you had what um what we call gate forty one inside your chart, and gate forty one is basically the energy, especially in you, the way that it's manifesting is it's the energy to be motivated by the need to express emotion, to share emotion with people. So for you, what is it that kind of like? you know, sparks you or whatever it is that inspires you, whatever that is, that's literally what is like the force that's trying to move you forward in life. It's a thing that's creating momentum in your life for you. So what I was saying to Jordan earlier is that, you know, if that was a quality that was revered to you as a child, that you understood that that alone would be enough to be the thing that would make you successful, then you'd be living according to your design ever since. And it sounds like in this way you are because you told me that that stuff was often pointed out to you as a kid and so you embraced it and believed that that could be enough of a reason why you'd be successful yeah. and happy yes um whereas let's say for example if you grew up in a in a childhood where people told you that you have to push and work and force and hustle and this and that to be successful and not that you could just naturally be successful being you that's where the conditioning sets in that pulls us away from being our real self.
1: I guess I have a bit of both in an interesting way. On the one hand, I was always told I could do anything and I express myself through writing and I'm going to be a writer, but you can do whatever you want and you're so creative. And then on the other hand, it was like, but work really hard, really, really, really hard or else you will not be successful and you're only successful if you're working extremely hard and making a lot of money. Yes,
2: yes. And what what human design basically has to say about that is that um, if you're the 18% of the population that is a non-energy being, you're a projector or a reflector, then that conditioning of the world gets in so heavily to you because think about it, the other, what is it, 82% of the world, the messaging that they get is right for them, which is like the harder you, like when you push and you like, do things and not push in a kind of like negative way, but when you're like really moving forward and like doing things, they get somewhere, right? So to grow up as someone who isn't who that doesn't apply to, you feel like a total widow. Um, and it just isn't energetically correct for you because that's not the world that we currently live in. But if you are someone who does kind of like have a generator engine or have a um, a manifesting energy inside you which are the energy types right um then those people when you're doing what is work what we call work it's not supposed to feel like work because you're so lit up by it Mm -hmm. so if anyone is feeling like they have to you know kind of contort themselves into this like hard like this old masculine toxic masculine way of being like i have to push and be aggressive like that isn't right for anybody either you know that's so true yeah Um, So with them, it's very much like if you have to basically be doing stuff that lights you up and stuff that excites you, because that's what's going to create momentum in your life, not where you're intellectually being like, well, I have to do this, 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 and this, and this in order to be, you know, valued as a person, because it means I'm working so hard, right? Yeah. So what else in my chart sticks out to you? So, okay, there's so many things. So let's move on from, so firstly, we covered the reflector thing. We covered the whole needing to be, you know, sharing what it is that you're, you're excited by sharing emotion. There's something amazing in your chart though, because on the one hand, you are so kind of like misty with your aura and so kind of like, um, you know, airy. But on the other hand, you're not somebody who easily loses your cool, right? So you're not so kind of up there that say, for example, when a challenge happens or shit hits the fans, use my language. You know when things go wrong you're not somebody who easily goes oh my gosh like uh, panic we need to like like you know give this up we need to not do this anymore you actually go okay like that's okay that's part of the process like you don't it doesn't easily throw you mm-hmm. which is a very powerful combination because if you think about it a lot of people that are kind of a bit more on the airy side would be thrown by the things that are a bit more kind of like tangible and grounded. So you're not somebody and you have to know that you're not somebody who easily feels like thrown by things. And that is a special quality, right? Because you you have three different layers of not being thrown by stuff. So that's an unusual combination. So for you... When things start to go wrong, your biggest strength is actually being someone that actually doesn't react to it and just sits back and lets the whole situation like, I'm sure it's happened to you before, where actually things have just like sorted themselves out without even needing to be involved. Yes, which is the best. Yes. So it's like you don't need to, as soon as you feel a chaotic thought, you don't have to let it result in chaotic action. You can just kind of be like, okay, I'm resilient when I'm still. And basically, you're the rock that's kind of like, you know, when the when the waves are kind of crashing over that rock, when they've settled down, the rock is still there underneath. Yeah.
1: And when I do chaotically react, nothing good has ever come from that ever once. And this is a huge reason why I've resolved now to barely ever check my email, maybe once a day, usually less. I mean, I scan it because if something's important, like you arriving at my building, like I'm going to be looking at it. Yeah. Um, but all the other things I see in there, I'm like, a lot of this is going to get worked out without me completely getting my nervous system in a tangled mess
2: over all of the problems that occur in everyday life. Yes. And what you need to know about having nine open centers is that on the one hand, that, like I said, it makes you the wisest you know, it gives you the potential to be the wisest out of everybody. But it also means that you take in the world so much more deeply than everybody else. And, um, you know, when you do take on things, and they do kind of let you let them kind of like stamp you in some way, because you do take in so much and you don't create that barrier. That's when life is going to show you you know, health issues or whatever that is. And that's with everybody in their open centers. But imagine if you have nine of the open centers open, Mm -hmm. it's like it can manifest in so many different ways. So for example, when people have an open root center that can manifest as adrenal issues, when they have open heart, that means that it's like your lymph and your blood flow and stuff. So imagine having nine of all the centers open, it means that your health issues can manifest in basically all of the ways. Yeah, which is how it feels right now. If I
1: go through my chakra system, mm. I kind of feel like head to root,
2: everything is just off all open right now. Yes, yeah, open. Too. And um, you know, the other thing is that you are not someone who is designed to work under pressure. And what I mean by that is. You know, there will be some people who when they have a deadline or when something's due tomorrow, it fuels them and they get stuff done. And that's what creates them like expansion in their lives, right? For you, because that's not a natural part of who you are, when you feel like there's external pressure, the body goes, this is not our operating system that we're usually operating in. And therefore, this feels like chaos. And then what happens is it goes into chaos mode. -hmm. So that's basically how um, you know a health issue will always kind of um, start is when the body senses taking in something from the outside world that isn't your our natural operating systems. No matter who we're talking about here, and when there's that kind of like janky feeling of like this isn't the way I like things, and I'm trying to force myself to do things, um, then that's always when the body is going to say, okay, I'm going to show you through this or show you through that that things are not quite right. Mm -hmm. So for you, you're really not supposed to work under pressure because things don't move forward for you when you work under pressure. But also there's something else going on, which is that You know, you basically are someone who does need a lot of alone time and not because of obviously also the resting thing, but also because that is when you get your aha moments. So on top of having all the open centers, you have gate 33, which is what we call the gate of retreat. And retreat basically means being out in the world and sampling and observing and seeing things. And then you come back to your base, to your home, to your whatever. And that's when you basically can transform everything you've kind of taken in and sampled into a wisdom. So it's this amazing, that's basically how you do alchemy is that you're out in the world, seeing, observing, taking in, not staying attached to any of it. And then it's almost like every piece of jewel, like every gem that you collect, you come home and turn it into a necklace, right? That's how you transmute energy in your life. That's basically the way that you do alchemy. And everybody has a different way that they basically change something from low vibration to high vibration. And that's the way that you do yours, which is also why you know, taking time alone is important. And like I was saying before, you know, the the quality of the alone time is important. So it's almost like you want to be sitting on a chair, staring at the ceiling, basically waiting for that collation and that that transmutation to happen um, so that you can, you know, increase whatever wisdom it is that you do hold inside your system.
1: Yeah, the quality of the alone time Mm, is so important. And that's, I think, where I've been going wrong for the last several years. And what is, I guess this is what's dawning on me right now is that I thought I was doing this great job of alone time and self-care, but I was not because I was like in the bath on my phone or on vacation on my phone, um, editing photos, doing the whole social media thing. Everything I do, I share on social media and or going on a walk. I mean, it's very rare that I just like put it all away. Mm
2: -hmm. But when I do, that's when the magic happens. Yes, that's exactly. And that's that's what we in the old days would have called a bard in a tribe. You know, the bard is the one that basically like collects all the stories and then will tell you based on other people's experiences of what they've been through, this is a piece of wisdom because this is what I've observed type of thing, right? So it's that very, it's that one that kind of sits back and listens. My best friend calls it like, (laughs) she calls it like been there, not done that. It's like, I kind of understand what that experience brings and what wisdom is like to come from that experience, but not because I've lived through it, but because I've sat back and listened to so many people that have been through that. So that's a tribal energy again, because it's like, this is what I'm picking up from all of my people. And how do we turn this into something that actually becomes helpful for everybody else that might be going through something similar in the future. But you need the alone time to create that. Oh, this is a pattern that I'm seeing or oh, this is this funny how two people have told me this this week or whatever that is.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I love it. You yeah. say pattern the same way that Ruby does. Oh, really? Which makes so much sense. You you British lady with
1: the most beautiful accent ever. Thank you.
2: <laughs> I love it. Um, so that's really about what it is you're supposed to be doing with your alone time, you know, mm-hmm. rather than like, oh, just having alone time for the sake of having alone time. Now, there's something about your childhood that was, um, and people have misunderstood this word a lot, but it's trauma. I, it's traumatic, basically. Um, it emotionally imprinted on you in a way that felt way too heavy for actually the way that your spirit is very light. And the reason why you chose to go through that is because that pain point is there to kind of like point you towards getting back to what it is that you are, which is a light being basically. Mm -hmm. And so this, it's almost like your soul said, okay, I'm going to go through the experience of having this really heavy thing on me. This thing that felt just like a super heaviness, not that anything specifically like absolutely awful on the spectrum would have happened to you, but just the general feeling of feeling like, like this constricting of the heart basically. And that you basically said, I'm gonna go through that because that's gonna be the way that I find my way out. And then I'm gonna show other people how to not be so heavy with life either. Yes. And what's meant to happen for you is that you're supposed to go through three very distinct phases of your life where when you get to 50 or whatever, you'll look back and see, like, this was the first me, this was the second me, and now I'm the third me. And each one is gonna provide you such different stuff. people are supposed to look at you like a role model when you get to 50 because you've been through so many experiences. And it's almost like that hard beginning was kind of like, that is your qualifier and your experience. You know how we were talking about having a certificate? Yeah. Like that was supposed to be your certificate. Right. That makes a ton of sense. Because people go, oh, she's been through that. Therefore, she knows what she's talking about. And therefore, it's she's showing that with her own life it's possible. Maybe I can do it too. Not just speaking from like, oh, I think you all people can do this type of thing. Right. It's like, no, no, I've walked this path. And your soul chose to walk that path as a as a kind of like a your CV. You're like your own living CV. Right. That's how it feels. I was just saying that. The this morning to,
1: to someone who I experienced trauma Rachel. with. Yeah. Um, I did a whole podcast episode on my experience with trauma. It was my first solo wow. episode ever. But I always say that was my greatest teacher. And just this morning, the person who was like one half of that with me, we were talking about how it shaped everything, everything wow. in our lives. And... It did. That does feel like the certificate.
2: Yeah. And that's that's basically the soul was like, okay, I'm going to choose this particular, you know, these particular parents with these particular places, whatever, just so that that can be something that brings me back to myself and points me in the right direction to be myself because we all need those things. Um, So that's really interesting. Now, you have what's called a personal karma, which basically means that you came back here to understand your own worth. Obviously, a lot of people... I can hear people saying almost like, well, doesn't everyone have a personal karma to figure out their own worth? But there's a lot of people that have what we call a transpersonal karma, which basically means either to do things for others or to fix something with someone that they have a past life thing with. Or, I mean, there's so many other reasons why we can come back, right? So for you, it's very likely that also because you have a thing of, um, you know, you have so much depth running through your chart that it's almost like you could be scared the The sort of like the fearful side of you could be scared of that depth or what what is lying beneath that depth type of thing. And what if we go into those depths? Like is it going to be scary or am I going to am I going to discover that I'm not worthy, right? So this whole lifetime, basically the reason how it's set up is to show you that, like I was saying, your worth is inherent. It isn't about anything to do with the specifics of you being you. And so when we stop doing what I call wronging, which is like, oh, well, this person did this, so I feel worse about myself today. And this person did that, so I feel better about myself. Or this good thing happened to me, so I'm okay or whatever. When we kind of remove that, that's when we really get to this sort of innate worth. And for you... Um, You know, you weren't supposed to be motivated by you don't have a strong ego. You're supposed to really feel other people's hearts, take in other people's motivations and really feel that. And like I said, like be the chameleon that tries on like being this kind of Jordan or this kind of Jordan. And that's, you know, really fine. But it's actually healthy for your soul to be motivated by the need to make an impact on people. That is the one egoic want that your soul has. And Ego's kind of gotten a bad rap recently because it's all about eradicate your ego and your ego is fearful and all this type of stuff. But ego simply is just this concept of who am I in the world? What do I want from the world? Where do I end in the world around me begins, right? So for some people, to be motivated by egoic wants is healthy if it's something that your soul chose. And so for you, your soul chose to be motivated by the need to make an impact on people. So there's a little bit of um sort of deconditioning that can be done there around basically the world telling you that, um, you know, sometimes if you make too much of an impact, people will look at you and be like, who does she think she is? Or if she makes too much of an impact on you, then maybe that means you'll alienate people or people won't like you as much because maybe you'll, if you're too bright, then you're scary or it's too, um, you know, make you too kind of like Donald Trump-ish and, you know, that type of thing. But really what the chart is calling you to understand is that, if your soul chose it, then it can only be a good thing. The only time it's a bad thing is when you do it, when you when you follow that need to make an impact on people with a lack mentality. So if I win, then other people have to lose. If you understand that wanting to make an impact on people is great and that has no bearing on worth at all and it's totally separate, then that's a really healthy thing for you to follow and to embrace. And yes, I'm someone who wants to make an impact on people and that's not because I'm better than people or worse than people. That just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Because we have so much of a distorted view of what being wealthy being successful being impactful you know being influential is you know we think that that's oh well the ones that are are better than others and all this kind of stuff so your chart is really calling you to kind of like make friends with that ego again and to say like my ego wants to make money right your ego wants to make an impact and some people just don't have an ego at all and all are beautiful right Yeah. No, my ego definitely feels like it wants to make an impact. I feel like
1: that's kind of how I came onto this career path of trying to reach as many people as possible. I don't know if that was the conscious thought the whole time, Mm -hmm. but blogging, podcasting, Mm -hmm. all I ever want to do is make an impact. And when people tell me that I have made an impact on them, Mm -hmm. it very much makes my ego very happy. But it it makes
2: me happy too, like genuinely. Yes. it makes sense and the ego is just the self like what does the self like what is the self motivated what's the kind of like carrot that dangles that we follow in the world that's all it is ego only becomes bad when it's like only me and everyone else has to lose Mm -hmm. that's the only time that it becomes a bad thing So let's interrupt
1: this episode, this very long and wonderful and amazing conversation with Jenna Zoe to talk about one of my favorite sponsors of this podcast, Thrive Market. And I always like to lead this sponsorship with letting you know that they're offering $60 worth of free groceries when you head to the link thrivemarket.com slash blonde, which is in our show notes, but that's thrivemarket.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E for $60 worth of free groceries. There's literally zero reason not to use it. You just get free groceries and also a 30-day free trial on their website and free shipping on your order. So everything's free. Pretty awesome. I love to support this company for so many reasons. One of which is because everything that you find on Thrive Market is discounted from 25 to 50% off of what you would find it in a regular store. So Think of your local grocery stores like Whole Foods, Erewhon, Vaughn's. Vons. I'm not sure where you shop, but I shop mostly at the first two. And I know that when I go to Thrive Market, I'm going to get an amazing deal. And that's because they go straight to the brand. They skip the whole middleman process and go straight to the brand to put it on their website so there's no upscaling of the prices or anything unfair on your end. It's not one of those places that you're going to go and find a $20 smoothie, which I am guilty of ordering those from time to time. But for all of my long-term goals, like buying a house and moving in with Jonathan so soon and we're looking for a place, I am obviously looking to cut down the amount that I spend on groceries on a daily weekly basis. So Thrive Market has been my absolute go-to and saving grace for that. I'm also really excited because I'm going to a lunch at Thrive Market with Dr. Frank Littman in about a week, a week and a half by the time this comes out. And he's coming on the podcast too. So I just love that Thrive is interconnected in the wellness community. I originally met them through Kelly Levesque and my friend Michelle, who now has her own business and was a writer for Thrive and and I could go on and on about how important community is to me in the wellness world and why I love them so much. So what I've been ordering lately on Thrive is the Eating Evolved Keto Cups, which I also talked about a couple of weeks ago, but I pretty much eat one every day and I'm so glad that they're on Thrive. I order all my cooking supplies like Fourth and Heart Ghee. I order coconut oil. I order even organic cat food for Huddy. He loves the brand called Wellness. That's the one that he pretty much devours and he's really picky so if you have a picky animal then try it out he likes their dry food and their wet food and you can get other pet supplies on there too not just food so I could go on and on about Thrive but head over to thrivemarket.com blonde to get $60 worth of free groceries check them out shop around enjoy and let's dive back into this episode with Jenna
2: Now you also have this other thing which a lot of um actors and um yeah, actors and actresses have which is it's kind of like a grace that um surrounds you. So it's kind of like the way that people see you move through the world is so kind of like light and graceful and beautiful like beauty filled. And it's something that you often don't really see yourself, but it's really something that comes to help you because it's the draw that pe- brings your people to to you basically. So it's like you sometimes don't always see that the way you move through the world is so like beauty-filled and so magnetic and so kind of like almost like that sparkly thing of like, what's that intrigue that's behind this person basically, right? Because you, you're just living your life. you're It's banal. It's, you know, it comes with all the things that living life has. But for, for other people, it's like, oh, there's something about that that makes you want to pull in and ask more. So there's always that grace that other people see in you more than you see in yourself. And really what this life is basically also trying to ask you, ask from you is, that you start to believe that that's the true you is the way that other people see you rather than the way that you sometimes portray inside your own head
1: that makes a lot of sense those who love me the most and know me the best oh, they always tell me that they always really? say i wish you would just see yeah, what, what i, I see yeah. and i mean i'm sure that could be
2: said about everyone but that definitely resonates it's something that you have very heavily so it's not that put it this way of all the different energies and gates and charts, uh, things that go on inside of our chart, you know, we are really all one. So it's about you cleaning the stuff that feels heaviest to you so that everyone else can rise. And everybody has different combinations of different things. And our only job is to look after like our garden patch first. And then if we water it enough, that water is going to seep into our next door neighbor's garden and help them. Mm -hmm. But it's all like, we're all dealing with the same levels of different karma through different things. You yeah. Know? We are all one. I totally yes. believe that. So then you have this other thing where your relationship with yourself is so different from the way that you interact in the world. Because like I said, the rest of the world is supposed to see you as when you get to 50, you're going to be this wise woman on the hill that has kind of like lived life and therefore is this role model that everyone sees you as. But your road to getting there and your relationship with yourself is all about like, you know, where are the um, where is life presenting me these synchronicities, these opportunities? How do we get here and there? Which is funny, because you were saying you were overwhelmed by like, obviously, always thinking about being on with the hotel. And how do we make a deal with the hotel and stuff? That is the way that your soul is kind of like, curious about life. That's where your curiosity leads you to. But you just have to be careful that it doesn't feel like just because you have a curiosity about something, it doesn't mean you have to act on it. You can have the curiosity just for the sake of entertaining the curiosity and that make you wise in its on itself. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, oh, I could do that, but I also couldn't. Okay, cool. Like, let's have life show me. Right. That is what I,
1: that's what I really try to cultivate in my life because... I've wanted to do everything. Every person I've had on this podcast, I want to do what they do. But ultimately, I, I want to do what I do too. I don't I don't have to become a shaman or a Reiki practitioner or all these other things. Even if I really, really, really want to in certain moments, even what you do, I'm like, I'm going to yeah. do this. I'm going to do this. Yeah.
2: Um, because this always happens because I get so inspired and excited by mm. people. Well, it's like basically you're plugging into what everyone else, whatever other... Um, Flavor they're showing you at the time, which is why you're the true chameleon because you're such a blank slate that you take in a person so like you could be them in that very moment. That's what reflectors are. But with the opportunities, the reason why they come to you is to basically expand your... Um, understanding of what could be possible. So when you're constantly being retaught new things and seeing new pathways in your life, it's basically expanding your brain and that, that expansion is going into your aura. So it's basically saying to the universe when you entertain that stuff, even if you're just sitting on your couch and being like, I could do this and I could do that and this could be fun. All it's saying is like what I'm like, what I'm ready to be kind of sent is in line with what I'm kind of like saying could happen type of thing. Because if you're narrowing the choices to only two things, and the universe is trying to send you 10, it's never going to be able to get through to you because your vessel isn't open enough. So it's basically like saying, you want to just be saying, I could do this, I could do that, and that could be fun. And that I, and I just don't have to do anything about it. But like, sure, if it comes along, I'll say yes to it. Or maybe I won't. Let's just right. see, you know, and living in that like the unknown and the delight of the, the like I was saying, like the, t- the tickled and surprised thing, that's really where the magic is for you. Yes, that's how it feels. That is not that you have to do anything about it or anything right. like that. That's something that I'm trying to remember. Yes. And um, so there's only one real fear that you came back to heal, let's say that's innate to you. And there are other fears, there are other anxieties that you take in from the rest of the world. So those are, it's important to get very clear that other fears that aren't this fear that I'm going to get into are merely not your innate fears that you have. So it's important to not over-identify with those being your own anxieties and fears, because when you take them in, you start to believe they're your own when really all you've done is been out in the world and picked them up. So other fears that you have, um, you know, when they next come up, it's important that you say... Oh, hold on a second. That's a fear that I've picked up. That isn't my fear. I don't have to start overly identifying that with those being mine. So the only fear that is really here that you have to heal yourself is a fear of the future. And when I say a fear of the future, what I mean, especially the way that it's it's happening in you is kind of like, um, if this isn't, if I don't kind of like have this handled, or if I don't feel comfortable with this, then will it be okay? type of thing so fear of the future is also a fear of basically the past repeating itself so if something's always happened one way then it always will so the best remedy for that for you is basically to say I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow and that's super exciting rather than I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow and that like scares me to death is like just remind yourself that life could literally change in like 10 minutes time and go a totally different direction than you think and that's exci- and that's like the bomb for your for that inherent fear yeah. that you come here to heal. You are so intuitive because
1: as you were talking about like me as a fifty year old, my thought is like, kind of like fear, fear of the future, like what what's going to happen between now and then, what is possibly going to happen. Just this constant reel in my head where I'm always thinking about things. Yeah.
2: So that's a really good practice yes. to remember. It's exciting. Mm. It's really exciting. And like, just because you don't know, just because you don't have the answer, it doesn't mean that it's unsafe. Because what really the universe is trying to tell you is like, you're carried you're held through this. It's okay, you know? And and it's really trying to help you as a reflector because we all need a reflector to live that design so much. Mm-hmm. Like, you do this for you, but you also do it because, like, I need to know a reflector that's living that design, you know, like, yeah. selfishly. Especially now that the Mystic Journey guy is... Yeah, I know. i like, I need my person. Yeah. So, um you know, and there's only, like I said, one in 100 people reflectors. So they really need to serve 100 people, if not more, right? Mm-hmm. So that their reach is so big. And like, I'll give you an example. armor. you know, the hug, hugging armor. she's a reflector. So cool. So that's a really good example of if anyone that is listening to this is a reflector, that it's that energy of just being the other the whole time, you know, mm-hmm. and being okay with basically just coasting light, like just literally just getting on that wave and going wherever life takes you because the mistier you can stay the better. And so what's really not misty is if like I need to have this under control or even know where this is going or have it have a hold on where I how I think this is going to pan out because then again it's that defining oneself rather than staying undefined.
1: Right. Wow. Okay, so learning about being a reflector
2: is going to change my life in so many different ways. It's amazing. It really is amazing. It's like you're a unicorn to me, like I'm telling you. I'm so excited. (laughs) So just to go into the structure thing that you were talking about, it's interesting because there are certain ways that structure does help you and other ways that it doesn't. The way that it does help you is... um, the way you manifest. So when you're clear on the things that you, that you might like, when you kind of think about the things that do tickle and delight you and get super specific, that helps you. For example, me, I'm the opposite. When I think too specifically about what I want, it doesn't go my way. So I have to be like, okay, whatever. Like I'll just whatever shows up, like I'm open type of thing. When you start to think like, oh no, but I love like a piece of sage that is like this kind of size and like feels like this and dah, dah, dah. that's when it really helps like come to you. So having structure with your preferences is really nice. And also structure with um the way that you eat. Because You do have the most sensitive out of all the systems because you have all the centers open. Yes, yes I do. Which basically means that you're really susceptible to the environment in which you eat things. So this is going to sound crazy to you and I'm not saying you should do this as of tomorrow but the more meals that you can eat by yourself, the better.
1: That doesn't sound crazy okay, at all. Okay, good.
2: Fab. I've known this me. Oh, amazing.
1: Me. I know I can't, I do not like eating with other people. Yeah. You,
2: it's really bad for <laughs> it's you. It's really
1: bad for me. It's really Maybe bad. Maybe just like only my family or Jonathan, my yes. boyfriend. Yes. Because it kind of feels like you don't have to be like chatting the whole time. You know mm-hmm. these people really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um no, I really prefer eating alone. Yeah. Anything I can do to yeah. like weasel myself out of like lunch plans. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to eat before we hang out, yes. but let's go on a walk.
2: Yes. Like that's Perfect. literally my sentence of the century. That's exactly the way you're supposed to work because, you know, in those moments where think about when you're eating, basically what you're doing is it's the most concrete input you can put into your aura that exists. You can put thoughts into your aura from the outside world, you can put visual stimulation into your aura from the outside world, but food is like a really physical thing, right? And when you're surrounded by other people, when their desires are on around food, basically what's happening is you're taking on all the unfulfilled desires of other people and it's concretizing into food. So you're taking it in in such a heavy way. And that's really, really detrimental to the way that your system works because your system cannot handle that much desire from yourself or from the outside world, desire is not like a thing that you constantly have to have or be listening to. And so all that unfulfilled desire is like making you like, it's like almost, you know, when you overstimulate a nerve and it like, or when you like overdo so much in the computer, it shuts down. That's basically what's energetically happening to you. That makes so much sense
1: because so many times, no matter what I eat, Mm -hmm. no matter how careful I am about only eating like the very few things that work for my constitution, I can feel so messed up Mm -hmm. from food like all the time. So you'll actually be very pleased to hear probably that um, in May, I'm doing a three-week water cleanse at a healing center for all these health issues that I'm having. And I also feel like on a spiritual level, it's going to Get me so deeply in touch with who I am because I'm not going to have that distraction of constantly feeling really bad from food, which is something I need to figure out regardless because obviously I have to eat, but
2: I'm really looking forward to giving myself the time. Yes. And and what it will do energetically for you is just have you not taking in, you know, heavy energies from the world in such an obvious, heavy, like tangible way, which is through food. And, you know, even if you're eating quinoa and kale all day long, if you're eating it around people where they're not listening to their own guts about what they feel like eating or they're overthinking their own food or whatever, all that stuff's going to mess you up. So, um, yeah, walks, meet people for tea, whatever, all that stuff. For sure. Just no food with people. Like Definitely. It just doesn't mix. <laughs> Yeah, like
1: events and stuff. I can't I can't eat. No. I don't understand how people can sit down and eat like a full meal yeah. at a full-blown event. Mm-hmm.
2: But I always wished I c- could because yeah. sometimes I want to, but I just can't. Absolutely. And as a reflector, you do need to eat the cleanest diet out of anybody because Um, you just, you're just the most sensitive and the most light being, like I said. So things that are like other frequencies just will throw you so heavily. Mm -hmm. So it's not that you can kind of sometimes like have a treat or this or that. Like it just doesn't really work like that because it costs you too much. It just does. Thank you.
1: You're literally describing my life. Yeah. Reflectors sound a lot like, I don't know if you know very much about highly sensitive people, the HSP thing. There's a book called The Highly Sensitive Person and it's kind of become a whole movement in itself. I'm calling it a movement, but a really big group of people who identify with being highly sensitive people. Wow. And it sounds so much like a lot of what you're saying. And I resonate so deeply with being That's a highly so sensitive
2: person yeah. and now a reflector. Interesting. I wonder what the um, what the crossovers would be. I mean, there's other things that, um, like, for example, you could be a manifesting generator, which is like the super powerful, like the Jiracell bunnies on speed people, the people that just achieve so much. But then... That doesn't necessarily mean that you can also be sensitive because you could also be what we call a quad right in human design, which makes you a bit more sensitive and passive and so there's so many different combinations but i'd be so interested to see how it correlates because i've noticed recently for example that most manifestors which is another type of Virgos, which i've never read that in the literature i've never seen it it's literally just from reading for people so i'm sure there's all these crossovers that that's what's so fascinating to kind of look into like what is it that because it's all the same wisdom and the same knowledge like this just happens to be called human design and something else is called astrology like it's all rooted in truth you know No, totally. Um, It's all saying the same thing. It is. But so for you, the things that consistency really works for is the way that you take in food, which is we have to be consistent about the fact that we don't do treats and we don't really eat around people because that is consistency for you. That is something that you can be consistent at, right? So that's consistency where it helps. Being specific about what it is that you like, your preferences, the things you want to manifest, whatever, the more specific you get, the more successful you are at manifesting. So those are the places where structure does help you that's so helpful so helpful to know
1: i want to go on forever i have ac- <laughs> acupuncture in 30 minutes oh, um i want to know everything from you this is I like know. so like, amazing I literally only
2: just thought we're like a third of the way through your chart i know well <laughs> actually okay i feel like we have got to keep going with this done amazing Yes. so and then the place where structure doesn't work for you is in um your day-to-day life. I will say that. It doesn't actually work for you. So maybe you've had people say that um, it would, structure is good in the ways that we've discussed it is, but you really need to wake up in the mornings and just be like, I have no idea what the day is going to bring. And that is because you're supposed to be designed to be living in the surprise and delight. So when you're imposing what you think you want to happen in the day, you're stopping life from like basically pulling you in the direction that a reflector basically needs to go in. So structure is a really interesting theme because there's four Main overarching ways that it can manifest in our lives, and so we've covered the little minutia ways that it that it can um, that it can work for you, but then all the other ways that maybe it doesn't, like making plans and being too firm and trying to decide how the day is going to look, which is also tying into your fear of the future. So you can see how there's that overlap there too. You know, yeah. this is speaking to me on such a deep level. All of this, I'm so glad. It, when I first heard my chart, I was like, "Hi, me!" Like. You know, it's yeah. that, it's that feeling Hi. of just like being, self- remembering yourself. Yeah. It's so great. I know. Um, and then just to go back, I just kind of want to, so when you have so many open centers, it basically means you take in the world, you take in their anxieties, their fears, their thoughts, their, you know, unfulfilled wants, their needs, their all these different types of things. But the one you really have to watch for is the red, the one you take on the most easily is other people's anxieties and fears. And that is because there's this thing that's kind of like reaching inside your energy of like, almost like belonging, if I'm an anxious part, like if I'm anxious and a bit like worrisome and stuff, then that's the way that we belong, like as a tribe type of thing. So that's like the things that we share with people. So there's a part of you that almost wants to partake in that because that's the way that we operate, right? But to your system, you're like, no, no, but we don't do anxiety and fear, right? So again, that's like a really prominent mixed message that you'd be sending to the universe of like, well, you're giving me stuff to feel anxious. Like you kind of saying that you want stuff to feel anxious about until for sure, you know, that being a person that worries isn't actually healthy at all. And is a person that, you know, being a person that has to know what's going on or has to plan or has to know things or whatever, um, you know, as soon as you've totally released that, then the the universe is literally going to reflect back to you, like, or send you zero reason to ever be worried about things. But there's just this thing inside you that's basically reaching to kind of explore, like, how much should we be anxious about things? So it's something that it's a question that you kind of want to like, you've been dancing with for such a long time of like, where do we pull in and pull out? Because otherwise, am I going to be totally at the other, like, you know, outside the circle of society type of thing if I'm really not worried, basically. So um, it's more about being mindful of like, oh, okay, that's another anxiety thing that I believe that everyone has or that it's just the done thing that you do, but maybe it isn't, you know? Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, you just, that's how quickly you can decondition is you just turn it around and say, okay, that's that old thing again. And like, maybe I just don't want to keep on believing that anymore. And it's instant relief like that, you know? And it's not that it... um, it's not that you become perfect at it tomorrow. It's And it's not that you become better at it each time either. It's like the healing is so um, circular. So it's like, it's kind of like a Game Boy where, you know, you... Finish level one and you think you've won level one, but then you're on level two. So even though you're on level two instead of level one, you're still at the beginning of level two. So it doesn't feel so good because you're still at the beginning of something. So you're like, oh, and I went all this far. I went so far and it still feels like I'm having such a backward moment and I feel so crappy about it, whatever. So with you with the anxiety thing, it's gonna reveal itself to you in so many different layers of onion where you feel like I've like undone this one layer of anxiety and now we're gonna do the next one. So never get discouraged when you feel like you're at the beginning of a new level. Oh, that makes sense. I think that's got to be what's happening because I feel like
1: I have peeled back so many layers I've made drastic changes in my life really? over the last
2: year or so wow. but there's a lot of layers yeah. to get through yeah and it's like okay if it takes me the whole of my life then that's going to be a fun journey and I guess whenever we finished our karma is our last day on earth either so we don't want to also wish to be finished You know, and there's like a fun to that too of like, yeah, we still want to be kind of exploring. And, you know, um, I got this really amazing download when I was reading for a client the other day where I said to her, Um, you know, the ones that are here, the 7 billion souls that are actually in physical bodies, we're the ones that basically like won the lottery. Like think about how many spirits and energies and stuff that didn't get to be in a physical body. So didn't get to have this such a tangible experience of like being expressed in a human body. Like it's so amazing. So I always think that I always think to myself of all of the minuscule
1: chances that I was the one who was born inside of my mom's stomach like I I was the one who got to come to life and live this this life. How could you not feel special?
2: Yeah, and it's like okay, I have an anxiety. Instead of believing that you're an anxious person, you now can just go, "Oh, I have an anxiety. The anxiety isn't me. The anxiety therefore doesn't make me a bad or unworthy or undeserving person. It's just me experiencing in this moment an anxiety? Why don't I just like see what gem is like there to be revealed to me when I just like observe this anxiety, right? But instead we're so, so what's happening at the moment with human design is that we're kind of living in a jet lag time where no one is ruled with like religious dogma anymore under dictatorships or, you know, these big heavy kind of like rulers on top of us, right? But we're still living in that Conditioning that we were exposed to in those times, where think about it if you're a dictator, you're going to treat everybody like they're the same and you're going to tell them that they all have to act on common sense because that way everyone's easier to control, which is why we're living in that such homogenizing world where we want to believe everyone is more similar to us so we can feel better about it. But even though all those things, all those structures are gone, we're not living under those people anymore. We're still so much believing that we have to do things the same way as everybody else so it's so crazy that like once you know the knowledge of human design what's so amazing about it is that it's all okay and it's all good and whatever you came to do is great and I'm not going to hold that as a bad judgment on me if I'm different from you and if you're different from me and when you start to do this a one like you know all your family your friends your sisters and you understand how different they are like my relationship with my sister is absolute bliss now just because we know how different we are and we're so celebratory of it What's you know? her energy type? She's a manifester. So manifestors are people who are supposed to like be big and they just, they are the people, they're 8% of the population. They initiate everything. They're the ones that don't have to wait for a sign from the universe to just go and listen to this random urge that they have and just be like unapologetically who they came to be. Um, but it's so much about, I'm going to do what I want to do, what I feel like doing, regardless of whether people love me or hate me because they have a very... Magnetic, but also very repelling energy. Where some people love them, and some people really just don't get them. Mm -hmm. So it can be a very difficult thing because then what happens is a lot of manifestors grow up as people pleasers. So being afraid of some people not liking them, and so then they stay small their whole lives when they're supposed to have this big aura when they walk in the room, everyone feels them, everyone is excited by whatever it is they want to do. And a manifesto helps everyone do other things faster. And, you know, it's, there's really those people that create movements in the world, you know? So if you think about all the leaders in history, they were all manifestors. Those are the people that's a manifesto, you know? Um, So cool. So when you learn someone, oh, that's a manifesto, then you're like, I want to applaud you for doing all these things that aren't for me. And I'm not supposed to be operating like that, but I'm going to tell you that you're great and that I want you to be on that path and you want me to be on my path of, I don't know, as a projector, waiting to be seen, waiting to be invited before making a move.
1: Right. You know? Totally. So you do you do a lot of readings of um, couples, like relationship type yeah. of readings, which mm-hmm. I think is so interesting. Yes. How do… They work together. Like
2: what would be a reflector's best match? So a reflector's best match, because they are so open, what it technically in theory means is that they could basically be a good partner for anybody. But whoever they're with, it's like, it's more about the refle- who the reflector is okay with rather than who's okay with the reflector. Because most people are okay to be in a relationship with a reflector. Because if you're in a relationship with a reflector, you get to see yourself so clearly. And that person is just always such a bright, light being, right? So it's never that like that person's going to be difficult to be with. For you, the one thing you have to watch out for is that um, you're not with people who demand too much of you and understand your need to kind of float in and out of a relationship. Totally. Because you can't and you're not going to be that person that can't breathe without somebody or can't live without somebody. You always need to kind of like come in, come out, sometimes be in a phase where you're super cuddly. And then sometimes where you need to be super retreating. And, you know, you're just always kind of like floating in and out. So someone who encourages that for you is really important. And then the most important thing to look for in the person that you're with is someone who makes you feel like you're a good like in a pleasant version of you. Because like I said, if you're such a chameleon, whoever you're with is really going to define who you think you are at the time. So that's not a bad thing. It just means that you have to make sure that that's a flavor that you're okay with being. Mm -hmm. Rather than like, oh, because I'm so easygoing and I can go along with and I can mold to whoever I'm with. Um, You know, how moldable I am isn't a measure of how happy I am in their relationship. It's how this person is molding me. Am I happy with being that version of me? Because I'm having fun being that version, right? In any given moment. So it's much more about you sampling that flavor of that person and deciding whether that flavor is like to your liking or not. It's that basic. That's awesome. Yeah. And what did we say Jonathan was? So Jonathan is a generator. Oh, a generator. A generator. So generators are basically people who house the life force for the rest of us, which means that they are... makes sense. Really? Yeah. (laughs) So they're people who are like... What they do is when they are lit up, it's basically their job to be lit up by life as much as possible, as many hours in the day, as many days in the week, weeks in the year, go and so on and so on as possible. Because what they do is when they walk in the room and they are lit up themselves, they basically light everyone else up around them. So they, when they're inspired, when they're lit up, when they're doing things that excite them, they make other people more productive, more excited, more uh, you know, likely to do things in their own lives, more everything, right? So really what they do with their energy is when that generator, think about a generator like an energy generator, it powers everything else, right? Yes. That so is that's what generators so are supposed to do. They're supposed to accurate. sparkly and be, they're supposed to sprinkle like, good energy and sparkle and everything wherever they go. But they can't figure out what's the best way for me to sprinkle good energy. They're supposed to be like, okay, the universe is showing me through my excitement and through the things that light me up. That's what I'm supposed to follow. And when I'm so lit up myself, that's when everybody else benefits without me having to figure out how.
1: For sure. And if they can't be that lit up version of themselves, because of some commitment Mm -hmm. that is no longer serving them, Mm -hmm. it trickles down to a lot of people yes
2: we have experienced yes yeah it's major because when generators are lit up it's the most like you just want to be around them and hug them and cuddle them and be with them everywhere they go literally <laughs> I cannot take my arms away yeah. from being wrapped around him when whenever he's playful and excitable and whatever that is and lit up you're like oh it's just like you just want to glue to that person and that's what generators don't realize that they give off always so um, it's really important for them to understand that literally just doing only the things that light them up and saying no to the things that don't because they're, the the thing they find the hardest is saying no because they have that life force that they can kind of afford in their heads to sometimes do other things with their energy because they have such a big battery. So like, okay, I'll just go do this for half an hour or I'll just like go and help this person. Like, what's it going to cost me? But it costs you that time that you're investing in doing that thing that only semi-lights you up costs you a half hour where the universe could be sending you a synchronicity or an opportunity or something that's a hell yes. Exactly, exactly. So they have to be okay with temporarily doing nothing with their energy, with their life force. Just sit on the couch and wait for a second till you get sent that thing that's really going to light you up and you're worth waiting for that. You know, it's it's that's you deserve to wait until something really yes. lights you up instead of constantly being like doing 10 very, million very, things. Very, very, very much so instead of trying to define themselves by,
1: well, I'm able to do all of this. So I'm the hardest worker. I'm going to keep doing it. This is how really how I identify myself. And so I need people to see me in this way where I feel like the true power comes from what if you're not always having to work that hard yeah. and then how powerful will you
2: really be because then Insanely. what will you be able to
1: generate?
2: Insanely and you know with generators I always give them the example of basically the universe is like your personal shopper and so it's not on you like how we were talking about manifestors, how they initiate and they go out and they create movements and they do things that's not correct for generators. Generators have to think about okay I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to respond to when things light me up. So let's say you're a generator. It's not for you to go out there and make stuff happen. For generators, basically, they have to think about, okay, universe, send me stuff that's going to light me up or send me things and I'm going to wait. So you basically, the universe is your personal shopper and you walk into that department store and you say, okay, universe, I want the perfect pair of jeans. And then you basically sit and wait until the universe brings you 25 different pairs of jeans, and you choose the one that really is the 100% fit. And you don't settle for the one that's a 70% fit, because you don't think you're ever going to get the 100% fit come along. And that's really what generators have to do is to understand that it's always the universe making stuff happen behind the scenes. It's not on them to go out there and push and make things happen they just have to sit back and think about their preferences and like it's almost like you have to take your preferences out to lunch and date them again and figure out like what are the things that I actually like versus what are the things that I think I like or people tell me I should like or whatever and when I'm confident enough in my worth that I'm only going to say yes to the things that are the 100% fit. And if, if not, I'm not going to do anything because I'm going to clear myself and say I'm open to receive the 100%. That's when you become so fast at manifesting and growing in your life because you're just always open, open, open for business. And you're saying, yes, I like this one. No, I don't like this one. Yes, I like this one. Yes, I'm going to say no to that one. And you're just going through them so fast. So the universe is like, okay, they're sorting through them so fast. Let's keep sending these people more, you know? Right. It's magnetic when you see that in a generator. Yeah. It is. Yeah. sounds like it. I can think of people who are. Now <laughs> I
1: want to completely like find out what every single type of the people in my life
2: are. Yeah, that's that's the thing is when you know yourself and you're like, I really want to see how I get on with other people and what's the best way for us to relate. And that's usually what I do in a second session for people is I'll do their kids or their husbands or whatever it is, just so that they can see like, okay, it's one thing knowing me, but it's another way to see how I how I should interact with this person and and foster their own real self in this dynamic as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So is there anything else in my chart that you feel I should know
2: before we before we leave? I mean, okay, so there's another thing in you, which is really powerful, which um, is what we call basically for you, it's like the new alpha female energy. So this is so funny, because you're obviously talking about helping people understand the need for rest. New alpha female is not the old, aggressive, have to play the boys at their own game, that kind of energy. In human design, like I think I mentioned to you, um, in 2027, which is only nine years away, we're moving into the new world way of doing things. The new world way of doing things is all about understanding that life comes to you, that you don't have to impose yourself on life, that we know nothing, right? So with you, it's actually the reason why I see you were born in the year that you were born is that you're basically trying to help people transition over into the new world way of doing things. And that is by modeling what the new alpha female looks like. Mm. So the new alpha female for you is someone who's receptive, who waits, who's open, who knows she doesn't have to have everything figured out, who doesn't need to have plans, doesn't need to know what's happening today, and doesn't need to impose herself on life because life has got the reins and the more you do that like like I said to you you know but with becoming a role model once you get to a certain age and obviously you're building up to there now it's not that you're not one now it's that you're you know building up on it as time goes on Um, you know people are supposed to look at you like you are an example of the new kind of alpha female that we're supposed to have in the world and helping not only women get there but also men so this alpha female energy is not specifically like just for female, you know, not for only women, right? So it's, it's really about, it's, um, in the I Ching, they call it like sort of like the army leader, basically. So the army leader understands that they're not the one to kind of like tell everyone what to do. They're just there to kind of like check in with what everyone else's needs are and just be the sounding board. And really as a reflector, that's what we call it is a sounding board authority. It's just people kind of, um, you know, taking bouncing things off of you and you just being there and being present in the moment to give them whatever wisdom that you hear today, not the wisdom that you heard yesterday. And that is really your alpha female that's coming out of you is like, I'm just going to be attentive to forget everything else I've read in my whole entire life or whatever. And I'm just going to say whatever comes through like for me, for you at that time. Yeah. I love that. I relate to that so much. When you first
1: said alpha female, the first thing I heard was alpha phi, which was the sorority that I was in in college. "Mm, That's so funny. Maybe this all goes (laughs) a little hand in hand. Wow. But I I do feel so strongly that the more feminine way of doing things is something that I've started to embrace recently and just been so proud of that because Mm. I think... Everyone, male and female, Mm -hmm. needs to have a little bit more of that in
2: their life. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, the other thing that's going to happen for you, you're going to see it happen so much more. You were saying to me, you've made so many changes in the last year. Prepare to see yourself in a totally other different way in three months, six months, whatever that is. And the more detached you are from the fear of the future, the more that's going to happen so quickly for you. So you're literally just going to morph into a totally different person. Because change and newness, newness specifically is such an important part of your chart. So you're someone who basically new products, new services, new ideas, all that stuff is basically like your radar for it. And that in human design is basically the most yang energy of the whole chart. So you know how you have like yin and yang and the yang is really the masculine. In in the I Ching, the yang is like the creative, the the one that brings down basically newness from the ether, from what's swirling around. And you're basically like a radar that can pick it up. So what I would say to you though is be careful because even though you are able to draw down those ideas, you might need someone to help you um, decide how that looks. Because you're so much more the, the radar rather than the kind of like receiving bowl. So it would be very helpful for you to partner up with people that you feel have that receiving bowl energy where you can say, I want to start this line of, I don't know, crystals. And then you have a person that's like, okay, this is how it's going to look. Then we're going to get the crystals from this place. And this is where we're going to source them from. And da, da, da. So just be clear on the fact that you're a good ideas person, but Allow it to stay misty in your head. You don't have to be the one that comes up with the specifics. You can just be the one that has the pure, raw, big picture idea. And then partner with somebody who's going to be able to translate that and put the detail and the minutiae and all that kind of stuff into it. And don't pressure yourself to try and do that with your energy because it's not the best use of your time.
1: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense, given that I used to have a clothing line and when I was less involved, I feel like it was better because I could just be the creative mm-hmm. masthead in a way. Yeah, but it was it was hard. It was very hard for me to do that. I always wanted to get involved and be mm-hmm. the marketer and yes. the producer and mm-hmm. everything and mm-hmm. be at all the photo shoots mm-hmm. and be in the photo shoots yeah. and
2: Oh my god, it's wrong. That's why it's so wrong for you. Fell apart. And it's basically trying to tell you that you know because the world is going to press you to be like, well, how do you think it looks and how do you You see that happening, and it's okay for you. It's actually very powerful for you to be like, I don't know, because you're not really supposed to see any of that stuff. You're just supposed to be the one that came up with the idea. And if people, the right people, the people that are supposed to partner with you, will be the ones that just appreciate the fact that you brought it down. It's like you birthed a baby, and now it's on someone else to actually raise it, bring it up, nurture it, whatever. Right. So that's also a really important way that you preserve the energy that you do have as a non-energy being is just standing firm by, like I. Conserve my energy and use it on the things that I'm good at and not one extra thing that the world tells me that I have to do. That's powerful. Now, you're also very good with resources, though. So I can see how this would kind of draw you in sometimes because, like, let's say if there's, like, a $1,000 budget to do something, you'll be the person that will be like, okay, but let's spend, like, 20 on this and this is the best way to, like, conserve this and, like, let's not be wasteful with stuff and just be very, very mindful about the way that resources get used up. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, like, pulling you in a slightly different direction sometimes where you're tempted to kind of, like, advise people on how it should actually get done. Yeah. but you kind of want to be mindful of the fact that um, just because you're good with resources, it doesn't mean that you should be constantly using it on necessarily like actual outside projects. Your gift of being able to be good at your resources, you want to direct at actually how you use your energy because it's kind of like a battery. Let's say like you have a skill to know how to use resources. The more you use it up on things that are from the outside world, the less awareness you have on how to use your internal energy.
1: Yes, that makes all the sense in the world, which is why I find myself all the time with simple things. Like if someone asks me for a simple favor and it would take me like 10 minutes, I sometimes feel like I actually can't do it because the energy that I have to expend to do it will take away from hours if not days of my life even though I feel so selfish sometimes actually saying that or doing mm-hmm, that because mm-hmm. it's like of course I'll do you a favor especially if it's only going to take me a few minutes right but my energy mm. can be ruined mm-hmm. by things like that yeah it
2: happened today wow crazy Absolutely. well hopefully the good thing about doing uh you know talking about this on a podcast is that you know it really is so much about like I was saying understanding the other and so the more people understand that you're a reflector, they, won't, they just won't ask you to do that because they know that that's not the best use of your time. They will come to you to see themselves. They'll go to a manifesting generator for a favor because those people can do things in their sleep for like two seconds. Yes, I have amazing friends who
1: are definitely the people to go to for daily task type of favor. Yeah. So true. And they'll
2: make it magical and they'll turn it into something even better than what that person would have imagined. And it will end up making them happy too. And, 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 and. Exactly. You know, so hopefully this way, your tribe knows that this is just not the way that... Exactly. Exactly. You're supposed to, you know, interact with Jordan because there's other things where you could meet them on a level where they could get something so much more beneficial. Yeah, totally. Which is great. You know, everybody wins. Makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Now, the other thing is that it's really important that you understand that you um, are someone who people see as kind of like a little bit childlike there is like a childlike innocent energy to you. And that's not something that you're ever supposed to get rid of. So even when you are 50, 60, 70, um, the childlikeness is such a draw for people. And it's such a, it's such a, thing that sparks curiosity into what it is that you are so every time that you do feel heavy that does just cost you so much because it pulls you away from the state that you're naturally supposed to live in which is that fun like joyous kind of like unknown let's just play and it's all here for the fun and that's really what we're here to remind other people type of thing. So when you understand that that's a service that you're supposed to live in to show others, then you'll understand every time stuff starts to feel heavy, like, no, no, can't do that anymore. Like, I can't afford to. That's not what I'm here to do. Like, if I live it for myself, then everyone else is going to pick up on that too. So no, thanks. You know what I mean? That's how just how you will just shut off that heaviness. And it's so connected to the heaviness that like i said that this thing that you felt as a as a child coming in that trauma so it's every time you feel that old energy come back of like things being heavy you can be like this is all an illusion and this is like stuff that us humans are creating for ourselves and i'm going to show people that this isn't the real way and it's behind this veil like there's just the universe is a little hologram anyway so behind all these things that we think are so heavy, like it's actually just such a, like the universe is just like upstairs, like laughing with us, for us, you know, not at us. Completely. You know, it's all just a game.
1: I know. I've had spiritual experiences where I've been like laughing with the universe at my current life. Wow. Yeah. Like, as I'm saying, I've had like massive shifts and changes in my last year of my life. I've had so many awakening moments and I've had moments of being like amongst the plants in the earth being like oh and I even told Jonathan like we're laughing at you (laughs) me and the earth are laughing at you because of the way like that you do this and then we're laughing at me because like I too am a
2: human and do all the human things wow see I love hearing that because that's a perfect example of a reflector it's basically you saying what comes to you or what you experienced and that's so wise and it's so much more wise than like this is my theory and this is the thing that I I mean that's correct for some people as well I don't want to say that but for you would be so wrong to come up with your own like I don't know your own theory or your own system or your own whatever because that's attaching you to be something right where you're better off like being a part of the earth and being a part of this plant. And then one day you're also feeling like you're a bird and an animal and you can inhabit all these things because that's what a true chameleon is. So anything that's going to tie you down to being this or that or whatever is just going to be so heavy. And it's, it's almost like, you know, you put the the anchor on the boat, so the boat can't float off into the mm. sea type of thing, you know, so you want to be mindful of anything that feels like an anchor, because in the beginning, the anchor feels like it's safety, but it's actually dragging you down. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And the world is always going to push you to define yourself to say you're this people want to understand are you this or are you that or are you this kind of person or are you that kind of person. And the more you can each time understand that the perfectly crafted scenarios are coming you Coming to you from the universe of being like, there's a temptation to say you're this type of person. You'd be like, hold on, maybe I'm gonna do like I'm gonna be a yoga person, and then all of a sudden I'm gonna be like a totally different for something sure. Something else, and Story that's all of good. My life. Yeah. it's
1: all good. Yeah, we don't have to define ourselves and be put into such Especially a box. not you.
2: Especially not, me. Especially, yeah, not you. especially not yeah Especially not reflectors. Reflectors. Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. There's a couple of other famous reflectors. Um, I know Sandra Bullock is a reflector. And I know that Dostoevsky was a reflector. But Alma, I think, is like my favorite example just because she's so open and always taking in the other. And people see themselves in her. And so she goes yeah. around the world hugging people.
1: I mean, what a cool life. She right? goes around the world and gives people hugs that cure them of the craziest things
2: or ignite a huge manifestation within them so that's the power that you have so cool yeah so special it's almost like being the light switch it's almost like being the not the light switch but the you know the the sort of accelerator for other people when people are really truly wanting to see themselves that's where you can really you know um Illuminate. Illuminate people. Yeah, with exactly. the light. That's yes, so cool. Absolutely. It's amazing. Um, let me see if there's anything else that really is kind of like jumping out at me before we finish our chart. Um, like I said, the grace is really important. Um, rediscovering your grace. But also the most important thing when you're feeling uninspired is that you understand that it's really great for you to just sit out and watch the world go by somewhere. So somewhere where you can tap into the collective, whenever you feel like things are unknown or uncertain or whatever that is, just go to like a public place, a park or a coffee shop alone, not with somebody else, not somewhere where you're one-on-one. Just go somewhere and empty out. Feel like you're emptying yourself out. This energy of how you empty out is really important to keep your system running the way that it should. So obviously, because you are a non-energy being, overly intense workouts are not a good way to empty out because you're basically going to be draining a battery that doesn't exist. I learned that lesson. You did. I was an
1: addict of high-intensity interval training. No way. Yeah. owe me too. For years. Wow. And did it five days a week for like a year. Wow. Or actually like seven days a week for a (laughs) while. (laughs) while and i mean i still like it Mm -hmm. i can do it like once a week Mm -hmm. my boyfriend works for orange theory fitness i don't know if you've yeah it's the um uh
2: it's like uh it's kind of like barry's bootcamp, right? exactly
1: exactly and uh that's how we met was like in the orange theory community basically so it's still a part of my life Mm -hmm. but um I mean, he even tells me like when I'll be like, okay, I'm going to start going back to Orange Theory every Wednesday. Sign me (laughs) up. He's like, Jordan, (laughs) I don't think so. I think Mm. you need to do some yoga. And Mm -hmm. it's nice. In ways, he actually feels like a reflector too
2: because he's reflecting to me what I need. Yeah, that's so wonderful. Well, that's the best type of relationship is when you feel like you're getting from someone what you so easily give to the rest of the world, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like as within, so without, so... If you're a reflector, you also like to be reflected. If you see people like projectors, you also love the most to feel seen. If you light other people up, you feel the most excited when you feel lit up by others, right? So So That's really what motivates all the different energy types in the way that we exchange. But I'll say that if you're a non-energy being, meaning a reflector or a projector, too much intense exercise actually has such bad... I mean, I put on... I was 19 pounds heavier when I did CrossFit four to five times a week, 19 pounds heavier. And I did no, nothing else change about my, the way that I do my life except doing higher intensity workouts. That's nuts yeah yeah, I too lost about 10 pounds when I really yeah. wow yeah mm-hmm. it's just holding on to stuff that isn't right for you yeah. so it blocks Stress, your energy flow
1: cortisol. yeah and for it's sure. just like
2: running your system like someone else so the body's like oh, this isn't me like I'm gonna look different than the way that my authentic self likes to look obviously yeah. you know? I know how crazy yeah so but whatever it is for you that makes you feel like there's this emptying out energy you need to have a constant thing where it's like, maybe that is your meditation or something, but maybe it is just also going somewhere where you just watch people go by and you totally feel that you are like this undefined being that's like completely nothing, you know, and Mm -hmm. delight in the joys of being nothingness, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever that ritual is, that's going to be really important for you because you need to, because you're constantly taking in the world so heavily, you need to feel like there's a flushing of that that's also happening where you're not kind of holding on to stuff for too long.
1: Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I feel so enlightened
2: by this whole <laughs> experience. It's amazing. It's so much fun to read a yeah. reflect I mean, it's fun for me to read anyone's chart, but um, sometimes I think like I think I'm the one that enjoys reading for people more than the people that hear about it because <laughs> well, it's just isn't so that, much like, fun. The
1: best kind of job that you want yeah, to have, you so love it the most. Fun. Yeah, your absolutely. work is so incredible. Thank you. It's so special. <laughs> so first, let's tell everyone where they can to their own chart?
2: Yes. Yeah, so um, there's a couple of websites. My favorite one is called mybodygraph.com and basically what happens is you just put in your birth details. You need your exact birth time for it um, and then it will bring up a chart. of. So you'll see like what your chart actually looks like. There's also Jovian Archive which will also do a chart. So that's where people can find um you know, find out their own charts. And even if they don't know the specifics, they can at least see if they're a generator or a manifesting generator or whatever their energy Mm -hmm. type is. That's a good place to start always. Totally. And where can they find you? So my website is just jennazoe.com. So J-E-N-N-A-Z-O-E dot com. And that's where I have like my booking system for one-on-ones. And I have a bunch of videos that explains a little bit more about all the different types and how they work and that kind of stuff. Um, Soon, I'm actually bringing out a deconditioning audio program. So let's say, for example, you're a generator. How do you decondition as a generator? And that's, that's all kind of coming down the... Down the line, which I'm really excited about. I have so many people that ask me, like, where do I find out more? And then they go on the internet. And the thing is, is that the guy who brought it down taught a whole generation of people. But the information, like I said, is so kind of like set in stone and crusty and academic. And so I never felt comfortable sending other people to resources that I thought like nothing exists out there that I think is more kind of like up to date with how we feel about getting better and self help and stuff in today's world. It's so much more mutable and subtle. So um, yeah, I thought, okay, I'm going to just do an audio program and create That's how people can decondition. So helpful. It'll be so much fun. Well, I'm excited for that.
1: Yeah. And if you were a color, what color do you feel Ooh. best represents your energy?
2: Just <laughs> throwing, so lefty, throwing uh, that at you because if I, I, was a I color, end
1: every episode with that. Oh, wow.
2: Time. I think I would be black. You are wearing black. I'm wearing head, to head to toe black. So chic. Um, but I think black is so... Re- for me, I like it so much because I think the beginning of my spiritual journey was all about like rainbows and unicorns and sparkle and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I thought becoming a better person was, is all the kind of leaning into the lightness and stuff. And then I have i think life has shown me without me having a choice again, back to that old thing of like, it's actually so much more about the unseen and the unknown and that's where the like real juice is and that's where we can get down with all that stuff. And black has all the colors in it. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like murky, misty, I don't know what. That's where the juice really like where we can sink our teeth into.
1: Yeah, that's so you. Old I me would have said like pink or something. I for think, sure, or I something <laughs> like rainbow sparkles. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, Thank you so much thank for being you. here. This is it was so much fun. Quite easy to talk to you for two hours. <laughs> oh my god, literally two hours to the dot. It's wow. coming up on you, and um, we talked for a while before we started. So yeah. I could literally talk to you forever. Well, now we we'll need to rest because we've done two hours. So we've yeah. talked. Bye, bye. Bye. World. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode with the incredible Jenna Zoe. I hope that you gained so much insight and learned as much from her as I have. I'm sure you did. I'm sure your head is spinning. And if you haven't checked your human design yet, because you've listened to this episode and you haven't had a chance to go to mindbodygraph.com yet, definitely do. And then tell me what you are, especially if you're a reflector. I mean, tell me if you're anything. But since reflectors are one in a hundred, I haven't met any reflectors. Jenna barely knows any reflectors and I would be so stoked to meet any other reflectors, but also generators, manifesting generators, projectors, all of it are so cool to me. I think it's such an amazing way to live our lives and to know how connected we all are and we really do have a greater purpose here we're not all meant to do the same monotonous thing day in day out it's true that we all have a different calling we all have a different way that we should be living our life different ways that we should be eating different things we should be eating as you can tell this subject excites me very much and In my typical balanced blonde fashion, I'm considering going down the path of being a human design reader. I think it's so interesting and I'm going to buy some books. By the time you listen to this, I'll already have purchased them because I want to bring them with me to Hawaii. And when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it the day it comes out, I'm in Hawaii and hopefully devouring books on human design. I have also been stalking all of my best friends for their time of birth. If I wasn't already stalking them because of their astrology birth charts, I'm really stalking them now. So Rachel Mansfield, my friends Claire and Katie and Jillian and obviously Jonathan, they all know their human design now because I am just so curious to see how everyone fits into each other's lives. And it's all so fun. So definitely check out Jenna on Instagram. Show her some love. Comment on my latest photos and tell me what your human design energy type is once you figure it out and join our Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook. We'll have a whole conversation thread going about human design. I can't wait. I already just know we're going to be talking about it like crazy. And if you feel inspired at any point to rate and review this podcast, it really, really helps with visibility and Also, subscribing to the podcast really helps with visibility. So if you genuinely love it and feel called to subscribe, rate, and review, then I will send you my blogging tips and tricks document that I send to everybody who rates and reviews the podcast. It's all about blogging as a career and even just for fun, how to put the passion into it and keep it alive. So head over to iTunes to do that and... I love you guys. I hope everyone is having a very inspired, creative, wonderful, magical, energy-type-filled Soul on Fire day. Talk soon. Oh, and definitely get tickets to the Shaman Durek event that we talked about in the intro because we would love to have you guys there. March 13th. Link in the show notes to get those tickets.